So, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever this is. This is Matt Bailey alongside my critique partner in crime, Ricardo Medina. Hello, hello, hello. And this is another episode of BS Beats and Bailey. And today, this is going to be like real peaceful today because we got lots to talk about. As you see, yeah. you know, um, December is here. So, right now is crunch time for me. Now I have to just try to, well, right now basically just to kick things off. Um, I am currently working on four lists actually uh four best lists basically right well sorry three best and one worst basically right so they are well actually i should say five (laughs) well one doesn't really count right but i'll get to that in a bit so i'm gonna do uh top 20 best movies of 2020 top 10 worst movies of 2020 which is done because i honestly i'm not gonna be seeking out any bad movies to watch this year normally that 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 was like a traditional mind just to look for stuff where i was like oh you know i mean this was the show that real people talk about was bad and yeah bad no i I was like no no i i have everything down i don't need to suffer through anything um of course there's the top 10 tv shows but you know that's just uh off the cuff list you know i mean just stuff that we love so you know it's not really anything to spend too much time or you know stress on too much it's just the best stuff right. that i saw as far as tv goes um hip-hop albums i'm gonna do a top 20 well right now is i oh, i was uh, kind of juggling between 10 and 20 but i think in all fairness I'm, i'll do a 20 and right. the first time ever i'm gonna do top 10 indie hip-hop projects of 2020 that will be stuff that hasn't been released commercially those will be well a majority of these albums were stuff that i um I receive requests for to review. Um, right. And slight spoiler, two of which I'm going to be talking about today in this episode here. Um, right, that will right. be from San Fernando's own Profess and Mike Wise, with assistance from R&B slash New Soul singer John Square, formerly known as John John. They put out right. two projects last week, tennis recording here, so I'm going to review both of them. Um, Professor's project is called 216s. This is yes. the latest um, mixtape. And as far as Mike Wise and John Squared go, they have a collab EP called Wise Squared. So I'm going to talk about that as well. Um, also, as okay. we you know mentioned movies before, you know um, I'm going to talk about Sound of Metal, which was a show that I was excited for when I saw the trailer fit. Yeah. And we will talk about the third entry in the Small Axe anthology series that will be Red, White, and Blue. And closing okay. things off. One of my, you know, one of the movies that I've been looking out for since I saw that trailer, I was blown away by it. The return, the long-awaited return of David Fincher himself with Monk. So it right. came out last Friday, um, last Friday at the time I was recording here. Um, so we checked it out and, you know, we're going to share our our honest opinion on that. But first things right. first, we got to talk about the big announcement here. The, the big bombshell that that wanna drop on us um tuesday you know last yeah. tuesday sorry Bravo. which would be that well their, their their 2021 slate of films are going to be released simultaneously on hbo max and theatrically and from what right. i've um, heard is that um they will be available on hbo max for a month roughly and then removed from the platform but they will still be in theaters depending on how much money it makes there right right so right this is a big deal, man. I, and, and I was like, well... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because for, for me, what I, what I dig about it, right, is that it is very forward-thinking. Eh? I mean, at this time, you're not really sure, 
you know, how this virus is going to play out in 2021. How, and I mean, theaters have been suffering. I mean, cinemas have been suffering. And it's even worse now with movie studios having all these movies just collecting virtual dust right now. So they have yeah, to do yeah. something about it, right? So want to come and see? Well, you know, at first I thought it was just going to be with Wonder Woman 984. And then from there, if it's all successful, then we could see more of these things next year. But yeah. they're like, no, 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 no. Yeah, we are all in, you know? Yeah, I thought it would be bigger projects only. Like, they would have said, okay, what we can't can really, you know, bank, what we can't really bank up on, you'll say, all right, like, just push and fight it up. Like, you know, I, I would argue, you know, Nolan, yeah, he's a big artist or whatever it is, but that was a big mistake on his part, right? Yeah. And they kind of saw that and say, okay, well, you best as well do it. But but the entire slate, wow. I mean, it, 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 to be fair, you know, it, it, it's a sort of bullshit, right? That, that, would have, that should have go straight to, to streaming anyway. But yeah, it, it's 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 an interesting call, and I like to see how this 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 shakes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I just want to run through the, the list quickly, right? Um, because yeah, yeah they, 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 there's some there's some titles, right? Um, well, really, well, overall, it's um 17 films that they're gonna have out. I assume they're gonna be more because I mean it's Warner Brothers, right? They're gonna be cranking yeah. out shoot, cranking out at least three movies a month, right? So let's be real here. So, from what I've seen here, the first one is The Little Things. This is a crime thriller starring Denzel Washington. Don't really know anything about it. It has uh, right. Rami Malek, who I'm going to bring up later with Sound of uh, Metal. Um, right. March right. 5th, we have Tom and Jerry, whose, whose trailer, yeah. you know, uh, was released uh, two, about a couple weeks ago. Uh, I was just meh about it. Couldn't, couldn't really care about it. it is, yeah, is that, is, I, it's a trailer I, that, that honestly, like, reminded me that back in 92, there was you know tom and jerry the movie which i honestly yeah. forgot because it was so bad eh? and so forgettable and this trailer just brought back up from it you know but yeah yeah i um yeah no the tom and jerry thing it only looks interesting on a technical level like what they're doing with it um all right with the, the 4 2d in right, live action right. thing yeah yeah nothing else other than that technical thing everything else is kind of bs it's like well yeah, um, if it were up to me, this should just be released only on HBO Max. But exactly, exactly. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know how 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 much you know how much bank this is gonna make in theaters. No matter how much you splash, um, you know, um, sorry, how much you play Lizzo's Juice, you know what I mean? right. which is which is still an odd fit though. Like like I love the song. It's very bubbly is, is, and upbeat. But for a, a family movie though, like. You know what I mean? No, but that's, that's, that's the kind of the typical thing you get from stuff like that, where, where they will um, just play this popular pop song. I mean, it, it's usual yeah. trappings. You know, yeah. like BS, BS trappings that you just get from this kind of thing. So it's like, whatever. Yeah, like, like, like a song that's celebrating, you know, female curves and you're going to use this to, to promote Tom and Jerry. Whatever. Right, right. <laughs> anyway, um, the next film is, well, one that I... Well, I had to do a little digging up to, to find out what it is. Um, this is The Many Saints of Newark. This is coming out March 12th. This is okay. the long-awaited prequel that people, I guess, ask for, for The Sopranos. So I'm like, I right. mean, as a huge fan right. of Sopranos, I'm, I'm not that excited, but I don't know. I just need to see a trailer for it first, you know what I mean? So, right. I, mean, right. I, I mean, I love me some Sopranos, but a prequel, I... Right. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, we'll next see. off, we have Reminiscence. This is a sci-fi film starring Hugh Jackman. We're getting that uh, April 16th. Uh, right. May 21st, we're getting Godzilla vs. Kong. Hooray. Right. I am excited for this. We need to see this true down. Like, at yeah, long I, last. I like the last um, Godzilla movie. Right, finally, 
yeah, yeah, I mean, Godzilla King of the Monsters was was awesome. Um, Kong Skull yeah. Island was awesome too. So I just really yeah. can't wait to see these these two, you know, behemoths. You know, what I mean, fight right. Um, we have the Conjuring, the Devil Made Me Do It, uh, June fourth. Um, I really dug the first two Conjuring films. Didn't really care for the spinoffs, so I'm glad that we actually getting to see um, Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson again because I know I just felt like just them in a movie together in a horror film together works right. Um, also, June 18th again in the Heights, which was the yeah. Lin Manuel Miranda, um, you know, Broadway adaptation, you know, musical. Um, this was one I was actually looking forward to seeing this year. I, I wasn't sure if we were going to get this Christmas, but I know that um, uh, Steve Spielberg was supposed to put out his West Side Story remake, which everybody asked for um, this right. Christmas, but when again that needed. So now I'm now wondering now if um, okay, no Spielberg is a Christmas man, right? So I don't know if he's going to put his film out uh, Christmas 2021 or if he's going to try to play it out to, to beat Indie Heights. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, one that, how, well, you know, as, as a, you know, as a, as a 90s baby, basically, you know, um, 90s kid, I should say, uh, Space Jam, A New Legacy. We're getting this July the right. 16th. This gives uh, me enough right. time so to, to rewatch the old film and yeah. do a review of it, hopefully. I, I, I was excited for the original um well for this i was excited but then you know we have a kind of um let's call it boy uh the, the director of ant-man no? ant-man situation right and that's why so they changed the director from terence nance to somebody else so like eh, okay I ain't uh, okay. For this okay i so, understand yeah 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 well we we'll see we'll see if it was with the what what well it'll be like what 15 year wait <laughs> no between probably. films yeah um, August the 6th, we are getting The Suicide Squad. I am excited as hell for this. Yeah. Um, I could wait for a trailer. And I know, well, I mean, I could wait as long as I can for a trailer, but I know when the trailer drops, it is going to be incredibly epic. So I can't wait for that. Um, October 1st, Dune. Right. So hopefully, you know, um, reviews will be good and it, it may be worth seeing on, on big screen because. And in my case, at least I have more than enough time to actually watch the, the David Lynch version. Uh, November 19th, we're getting King Richard. This is a biopic um, featuring, you know, Will Smith. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, just one sec, one sec. Right. So this has to do with, um, well, the father of Venus and Serena Williams. So I'm like, okay. Okay, okay. All right, okay, cool. Okay. Okay, yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. That'll be interesting. Well, the thing is, he play, he play, you know, struggling daddy before. So it's like, okay, I, I'm talking. That's such a bad idea. I had no idea that was that was a, a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just a just a couple films that um, were supposed to come out. Well, sorry, next year, but not too sure. Well, it's the date is tentative right now. Um, right. Judas and the Black Messiah. We're not too sure when we're getting that. Right. Um, right. The Mortal Kombat movie, which I like. I don't know. Like I, right. I, I just know, yeah. didn't think of it coming out next year. Like, I didn't click with Monica. I just wanted to yeah. hear about, oh, production started, you know, next. I, I, I think I thought production was going to start, like, next year. But, right. no, like, we're getting this thing next year. So, okay. <laughs> cool. And I believe, well, it was originally supposed to be released on, um, well, January of next year. Which, you know, is a bad sign. But I know, I, I think because of COVID, you know, we expecting bad films to come out in January, you know, may not be a thing anymore. But, right, yeah. Right. Well, I, I I guess you know now they have time to kind of refine stuff. Okay, cool. But yeah, in my head, I really didn't think this film was gonna come out next year. But get it next year, okay? 
Um, we have Those Who Wish Me Dead. This is a Taylor Sheridan directed film. Um, it, ha- it stars Angelina Jolie, Nicholas Holt, um, Tyler Perry, John Bluntel, um okay. as well. Yeah. We have Malignant. Um, this is from James Wan. So this is another um, well, more of a mystery film, but I feel there's going to be some sort of horror element in it. Uh, we yeah. have Cry Macho, which is this Clint Eastwood directed um, neo western drama. So, no, okay. he's not going back to yeah. westerns officially, but you know, he 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 he, he going, you know, he, he hacked in well, that, that is, era. Kind of. the, yeah, the thing is, he has always been flirting with the. I don't know what to, how to put it, but he has been flirting with the modern western aesthetic because Clint Eastwood effectively a bit uh, really conservative. So I could see a modern western him doing. Something involving crime and something like that that will cater to to um, conservative sensibilities. Something like a hello high water type thing. I ain't sure. So I could see that I could see him doing a western in that sense, like what we call a western, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. And last thing, last the 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 the, the big shocker, boy, so big that in the trailer, which I believe runs under a minute, they show the title card fit and then they expand it. To, to you know, well, um, to match with the rhythm of the editing itself, the Matrix Four boy, right, right, which just like Mortal Kombat, I did not process this you thing for, coming out forget, next yeah. year. I right, kind of thinking, so I okay, we, we, well, we're supposed to get John Wick Four, but I t- keep thinking, right. okay, well, once things get back to normal, so to speak, they will start production on both. So I thinking, oh, well, next year they're gonna shoot for both now, but. No, like, well, yeah, I, I yeah. don't know. I, well, I, I, I had to read up and see if they started production. Probably they did. I know they they have a script down and everything, but... Well, right. So I'm, somebody I'm 22nd, right. though. Okay. Wow. Right, right. I, um, they didn't... We, we, the thing is with this, they don't have any promo material. We don't know what's going on. So it's one of those movies that look like we had to be going in as blind as possible. Um, I have no idea what it's about. But I, didn't, I actively, actively avoided that, too, to, to be fair. Um... But yeah, I've been we've been I've been talking about this, what it should be like, what it's about. But yeah, I, uh, this one I really hyped for. Though. I mean, it's a matrix. Yeah, so come on. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and um, the well, the the intriguing thing for me, I believe I said in a in a prior episode, um, Keanu Reeves is coming back, so I guess right. that they're going to kind of sort of um, narratively apologize to the to, you know, to audiences who. Like me, couldn't get over the fact that they had to kill him off in Revolution. So, I don't know right. what's gonna happen here. Um, I, I have, I have speculations as to where the story could go. I know you have yeah. a full script <laughs> with yeah, ideas, no? yeah. so yeah, we will yeah. see. But we're supposed to get this I'm that guy. December. Yeah, you're that guy, right? Um, we're supposed to get in this um, December twenty second um, at the moment. But yeah, this this gonna be a hell of a way. The thing I'm worried about Christmas. is that um, yeah, now the one thing I'm genuinely worried about with the Matrix Four. Um, is the the Terminator problem, right? You know, Terminator. Remember, what I keep saying about the problem with Terminator, right? Is that bunch of good ideas, but it's it's a we call ten ten um, ten pounds yeah, of shit and a five pounds shit and a five pound back. Yeah, trying yeah, to stop exactly. everything. Yeah, you're right. And I mean, and, and it's, yeah, it's like I, what is like what seventeen, eighteen years worth of ideas. With yeah, you're thing. right. Which well, they could cram into like one movie, you know. That's the thing, and I, I personally felt that if you if you were to do a Matrix sequel, you should do the Watchmen thing, like with Watchmen HBO. Um, oh, like because, uh, a limited series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Just do a, a eight to ten episodes, and you, you flesh out these ideas with, with that. But whatever, it's, it's, I want to see what they'll do. Let them do what they had to do. You know, yeah. do, you know, you watch out. He's a fantastic filmmaker. In my opinion, regardless of what you think about the films, I, I think on average, they, they're about an average. is still quite good. Even stuff mm. that people do like, I like, like say. 
Cloud Atlas. I enjoy that movie. It's only it's only really Jupiter Ascendant that failed for me um, in their running thing. I, I I defend Speed Racer. I defend you know. So I really I really hyped for this one. See what they could do with me. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, um, so final thoughts on this thing. Um, I honestly think that this is a bold move. Um, it's a it's a smart business move, very calculated as well. But I am honestly worried that you know, like you know, they have bitten a little bit more than they could chew. Like I know right. Warner and Atrium. Well, sorry, more, more Warner. I know that you know they had like the, one of the big mega um, studios, right, when it comes to Hollywood movies. But right. I mean, they could just put stuff like that, just get people excited and hyped up, right? But they're just wondering now right. if some kind of thing happens. Now I don't know what it'll be, and then they're like, oh well, remember this? All these Slater films are supposed to come out that well. Yeah, something happened, you know. So, yeah, probably not gonna get these shoes in a hurry, you know. That that's the thing I'm worried about. But at the same time, I am glad that well, we have it's a, it's a calculation options. because this COVID, yeah, right. Look, it's a calculation, right? You know, we we it's a calculation. I don't know if I would make it myself, but I understand why it's been made. We understand, right? This whole situation sucks for everybody. They, they you know they see people take certain gambles and take L's, right? <laughs> Nolan and yep yep yep. <laughs> And so, so the whole thing now they have to, they have to, they have to kind of cover their bases in that way. And I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't fault them, right? In that sense, I can't fault them. I can't, you know, like you can't. What, what are you gonna do? Like you can't take anything away from them in that sense. So eh, let them do what they have to do. I mean, it's a big gamble. Eh? This is a big caller, but let's see it. So we go see. Yeah. Um, I, I hear and talk about well, well, this American cinemas right now, like EMC cinemas, you know, pissed off at this thing right now. We hear yeah. that um, yeah. Disney and Hulu might join, well, you know, might might do the same thing that you know Warner and HBO Max doing, you know. So yeah, I mean, this is bold, and you know, well, I'm just curious to see how yeah. other studios capitalize on that, now, you know. Right, right. I mean, yeah. whatever. We'll get them, yeah. get them, get them the shot as Yeah, but now I'm glad I have options, but. Last thing I just want to see now, 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 now this hammer wondering if it's still worth watching Wonder Woman 1984 on big screen, right? When I know that I could just, you know, as you said, right. you know, watch it in my house now, you know, Christmas Day, right. all that kind of good shit, right? But yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Right. So we had to talk about what going on. Leticia Wright, oh no, baby, what is you doing? Um... So, we, I think you probably know the news by now. The teacher, right, of Black Panther fame, apparently, you know, kind of torpedo in her own career, you know, because she, for some reason, decided to follow, follow um, retweet or forward a, a video, an anti vaccination video. Like, ugh, I don't know what to do. So, you remember, he had it again. So, I, I, don't, I don't know if we, it's, it's, we didn't spend too much time on this, but he had it again. You remember why? Why tell you what the, my Black Panther two script idea would be about? Um, and, and it was about um, Shuri's character, more or less, right. Mantra, right? Yeah, right. But what what you would fight against? It'll be conspiracy theories. Right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. And, and this this was just so sad to see she be representative of the thing that her character shouldn't be like that because her character is like. You know, the scientists are the skeptic type character. Like, hey, what do you have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's unfortunate. And, um, but I think it's, it's a kind of a learning opportunity, if anything, right? It's, you know, she's anti-vax, but then, you know, you had to get into these arguments as well. How come black people tend to be so prone to conspiracy theories all the time like that? We kind of know why. is because, you know, it's our whole book in history. And then someone linked to her 
you know, as a bowler. So I was hoping that could be, you know, the, you know, a learning opportunity as it is. And, you know, I really, really uh, unfortunate. I really feel bad for Ryan Kugler now. Eh? You know, he's like, man, I was, you know, set it up to have Shiri be the star. Like, you know, she got with this bullshit. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think a career, will, yeah. I don't think a career will be um necessarily affected or anything like that. Any major way, nothing like that. But, you know, it's still have a, a really unfortunate undertone to the whole thing. Um, as it is. So, just, yeah. just mention her. And then uh, another thing too, I would like to mention, and this is something I always found kind of weird, but it's, it's typical. It it might be it might the situation might be going a little deeper, and this is more just speculation, you know, on, on my part, rumor milling, mongering stuff, right? So two things. One, back when Letitia was first casted as um um as Shuri, I found it kind of strange that she was playing Shuri. I was like, well, I had Lupita Nyong'o, but God, I thought Lupita Nyong'o would have been Shuri. She's the she's the the kind of the next character now, but she didn't play Shuri, and they got yeah. a younger person. And in my, and in my head, I was like, I the only reason I think this is going to be the case is because they need to, Disney need to keep a young person, you know, in a, in a, in a contract now. You know, young people have to cater, but you know, as I say, you, you get you get people when they're young in the in the fold of the whole um, contract wise. Like you know, same reason why Tom Holland gonna be there for a while and you could it she might be just trying to drag herself out of that like it's a problem because you know if she get out of that then she won't be trapped for too long under disney now like that just my, my, my speculation it's, a, it's total rumor rumor speculation stuff but you know you don't hear this stuff after the fact but i just find it so strange that somebody would just torpedo the career in this way i mean i know she was religious but like to come with this bullshit really and to be this belligerent now um, yeah. I just find it strange. I don't see. I, I, I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I, like at the end of the day, I know you have your own views and whatnot, but sometimes it just helps to just not see any, not see anything, right? Yeah, it's, a, it's not something. That, it's a weird hill to die on. Um, like, and then will we know why does she was such close friends with Chris Pratt on the IW and game set? Because well, Chris Pratt is like a very open, very very open. It is um, uh, evangelical Christianity, mm-hmm. um, so it's not a surprise. That you come with, I say, you know, they go, they go be high, you know, in, the, in the long run. And to, another thing, too, is that the, um, I just, I just, again, as I said, it just worth mentioning is how the, the dynamics of her, again, with respect to her being a celebrity and pushing something like this as a, as a, you know, personal thing, and she getting dragged on Twitter. And she kind of deserve it because she doubled down on it. That's the problem now. You know, it's one thing to, to mis, misread it. And it's not to say that she alone, because again, Chris Pratt and then, um, what's your name? Gwyneth Paltrow also spread conspiracy, not conspiracy theories, but pseudoscience stuff. It's interesting right. how that played itself out uh, as a person. But in her case, it's, it's unusual now. Um, and, you know, oh, another thing too, and this is, this, this is the more, again, rumor mill thing. But the more and more I find out digging up, um, from what I understand, you know, very, very few people, a lot less people, um, that I knew, than I expected, knew what happened with Chadwick Boseman, and I would not be surprised to hear that they were not happy about that now. That they would, that they would find out about him this late because if they knew, they would have probably made different decisions about him, you know, his career and what we would have been doing for, going forward now. Yeah, if you understand that point, right? And again, if you're they're trying to clamp down, and I feel there's all these little perfect storm things kind of coming together um, with her now. Just you know, again, but I just find it incredibly strange how you'll, you know, she'll, she'll fumble that bag now. As it as it would. So I just would mention it. Um right, right, right. that's it. right. Oh, last thing I wanted to just mention. Oh, 
Well, good thing for me. Good thing for me. Doug Jones like one of my tweets. So just again, you can just oh, plug this in. Nice, 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 nice. Yeah, it's, up, it's some dumb stuff. It's some dumb Star Trek thing. <laughs> All right, man. Well, well right, at, so at least, mean, at least that means that you could, you could, you could actually embrace. You know, um, well, I know you into you, you into Twitter, but you know, at least you could kind of embrace social media a little bit more and get your name out there, man. <laughs> <laughs> Secret person. I you know. It's this hermit thing you want, Dred. <laughs> that, 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 that joke, that joke goes a lot deeper than you think it is. Eh? If you know, if you, if you know what that is, I'll, I'll tell you later. Yeah, yeah, please do, please do. All right, so moving from streaming and movies to a little bit of music, right? Let's touch on two local, as in Trin Begonian, um, hip-hop albums. I should say a mixtape and an EP that came out um, last week in the time recording here. So... Both representing Southside Lifestyle, we have Profess and we have Mike right. Wise. But in the case of Mike Wise, whose project we reviewed um, months before, that's Heat 6 8, and we hate 6 8, sorry, and absolutely love and call it best of the year and all that good stuff. Now he has his long awaited, you know, um, collabo EP with John Squared, formerly known as John John, right? Um, he is yeah. a RB slash neo soul um, singer. Um, and, a, and a producer as well too and he has collaborated with with mike on well both leave and well a track on leave and a track on heat six it right but before we get to that let me just talk about profess right um last time i talked about um his previous album in other words so here yeah. he comes with two 16s which he released on his birthday uh ricardo you were lucky enough to yes yeah, so it's an homage uh, yeah, go to his um, listening party and hear it live and all that stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, the, the two sixteens is a normal his age, so he's he's thirty three now. So it's you know, yes, he was thirty two. Yeah, he, he was thirty two when he when he recorded the album, which yeah makes right, sense. Right. Yeah. Um. So on this we have um, eleven tracks, right? Um. And you know, as as a mixtape, it just runs up slightly over you know a half hour, right? But I'm just gonna run through track by track and you know share my thoughts on each of them, right? So first off, we have longevity, um, a really dug yeah. the smooth, mellow R and B ish kind of beat. I love you know how it just kind of sets up the tone of the album where um, Profess just raps any hook. All I wanna be is a better me, so let me be. You know what I mean? So yeah, the whole idea yeah. that you know he he's striving for, he's striving for per, um, perfection, but he acknowledged that he's not perfect. You know, what I mean, he is who he is, right? And he's not gonna switch or change for anybody else, right? And basically, he's just talking about you know just the struggles he had to endure, sacrifices he had to make to ensure the best life for himself and his now eight year old son, right? Um, yeah, I love in the second verse where he says. My life is filled with common goals and sacrifices. So currently, candlelight dinners is non-existent. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So <laughs> that, you know, as, as someone like me who, you know, we just trying to keep as much money, you know, in my pocket as possible, I can relate to that, man. And really, you know, he's just he's just basically talking to his to his girl, just basically saying that right now, he's focused on his girl, uh, sorry, on his goals. And he's not really trying to splurge all his money just on, you know, fancy food and all that kind of stuff. But he assures her that that hard work is going to pay off and, you know, they're going to reap the rewards. Yeah. Also, the way he spit um, from a hobby to a habit, I'm just thankful that I'm rapping. I don't care about the fame. I'm just trying to make a classic. Yeah. You know, I <laughs> really, really dug that. So, yeah, overall, dope track. Hell of a great way to open up the, the mixtape. Uh, any thoughts on longevity? Yeah, yeah, sure. Solid opening track. Uh, we, was, we was digging this one. Yeah, uh, rated. 
Yeah, and just that beat do it just so oh, mm-hmm. so so laid back and smooth, man. Now we get Plan Aspoy. And I yeah. was like yeah. went from mellow to dark in like about three minutes, boy. Right. So one of the yeah, I think one one of the tracks is a is a diss track. I don't know the guy. Yeah, we, we have just... we have two diss tracks on this, right? But yeah, this is the first one. Okay, I think I know the guy. All I'll say is that. Okay. I, I, I have yeah. a feeling there's somebody y'all know, but I, I have no clue context who this person is. But yeah. Um, right. this, okay, this so one... No, here's the problem. Here's the mm. problem. I saw Profess respond. No. I saw someone someone respond. Profess responded to, to this guy. So I thought, oh, well, if you did with this guy. And then I saw another person respond responded to with a distractor professor. So I was like, oh, so we're professing a feud with two people or one? I'm not sure. But I don't know who it is. Okay, okay, okay. Um, well, it, it would make sense if it's two people. Eh? Like, I'm just speculated here. Because you have two distracts. You're really going to, like, spend all your energy, like, this and the same person, you know, in, you know, over two tracks. I don't know. Just say it, right? right. Unless unless you, unless you beef, like, real bitter. You know, <laughs> whatever. Um, right. But, yeah, this one is dark, is vicious, and he's just, well, taking sh- subliminal shots, sorry, at a certain someone, right, who dissed him on record. Um, I dug the yeah. ticking sound effect that you hear the back of the mix. I love the the organs that they play throughout. Like every time Profess he has vocals, he just hear in his organ, right? Uh, one thing mm-hmm. I, I really appreciate about Profess Dread is that he is not afraid to be like raw and explicit on a song, Dread. Like you know, yeah. like normally you would just throw um, curse words and whatnot that you know normally we just like it's how to push a trick. It's how to push a certain buttons on a tree for them to just say, hold your mother, you know what, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, we'll just see it just to rile this person up, right? And I just love that. Um, tons of quotes in this. I like where you say, big big man don't cry for no 16. That's a rape case, an underage sex scene. And I was like, whoa, okay, okay. And where he right. says, um, last line, this is the true skill of plan assing. Your pen knives can't compete with cutlasses. I speak blunt, then light them up, no puff passing. So go gossip of my name, you can't tarnish. Like, yeah. wood. <laughs> okay. But yeah, overall, it's brutal, it's dark, it's vicious, it's amazing. I love. I also love that you, know, you get different sides of Profess on this album. So yeah, you get the motivational, I'm working hard for a dream, but you also get, yeah, if you cross me, I will fuck you up, Dredd. So yeah. <laughs> really dog planner. So um, any thoughts on that, on that track? Again, great, great track. Again, nothing, nothing to you know really write home about to say in terms of it. It it does stay. It's solid. Like I got, I, I, yeah. I think it is enjoyed. We enjoyed right, so much. Right. All of this was just over some white oak and you know a few bits. Oh, so. Okay, so you all really take it. Oh my god, he did he, he just say that? Wow, you know what I mean? I, yeah, I, I, nah, I, yeah. I, right. All right. So track number three, we have "So It Go" featuring um, reggae slash dancehall artist Reefa King. Um, we yes. get this trap beat with this catchy guitar strum added to it, and refer the delivers a pretty solid hook in my opinion. Um, and he does a little thing on yeah. the final verse for this track, right? Um, and one 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 thing to do is like Profess like real feeling himself on this track here. And yeah. while like even though the beat is like real bouncy and stuff like that, um, personally I would love to see this perform live. Um, yes. see his focus, right? It's just like. I'm just showing you how dope of an MC I am, Dredd. Yeah, he throws in some great triplet flows in as well, right? So, yeah, while you're bouncing in and all that, you know me, he's still hitting you with some solid wordplay, right? So, yeah, overall, Douglas right. Shark, this was pretty solid. 
All right, so next track we have is Look But Don't Touch. This is this gives us a smooth, sultry, nocturnal beat. Um, and pretty much it's just about Profess to spot his fine female. And, you know, while he's spitting game at she, trying to slide and she DMs and all that kind of stuff. She's all like, Look But Don't Touch, right? And, you know, yeah. uh, one thing is like, you know, he really want to get with her. And, you know, at the end he mentions, well, you know, uh, what he says, um, what am I to do? What am I to do? Already got my girl. I cannot fuck with you, right? So, you know, he, he kind of... He kind of gets a reminder. Oh shit! There's there's my you know there's my Gilna, but still there's something about this this Gil that just have him like you know tizikna. You know what I mean? If you were true right. Trini um, slang. Also, right. I also kind of laugh when he say, um, "Are you from Veni?" He just sing it too. Are you from Veni? <laughs> there's uh, something I... about that. is just so funny because I mean, if if you see Veni Veni Gills, if you see Venezuelan Gills, especially if you go down Port of Spain at a certain time, I mean, uh, yeah, right. So that's just him. Yeah. Um, but overall, yeah, this this is a this is a dope track, man. You know what I mean? Very smooth, very sultry, very sexy. Yeah, yeah, I do. It's dope, man. Yeah. All right. So next track we have is Fun Fact, right? Featuring Young Fido. Um, this is the shortest track on the album. It runs under two minutes. Um, yeah. Honestly, this is a song that I wish could have gone a little bit longer, though, because you know we like he's going in right, and you know it's just. Would play, you know, I mean, all that kind of stuff. Beat is solid. Um, Young Fido gives some dope vocals as well. But, you know, as soon as it just gets into the song, it just ends, right? So, because, yeah, it just clocks another two minutes. Now, so it doesn't give me, it didn't give me enough for me to be like, yeah, boy, I really, really digging this track, man. It just kind of came and went for me. I mean, it's a dope track, but just a little too quick, in my opinion, right? So, yeah, yeah, same here. Same here. Same here. Right. Um, next track we have is Beat. This is the second and final diss track on the mixtape, right? Um, the beat for this sound like the kind of shit like, you know, like in a movie when a crime boss steps into the scene, you know what I mean? Is that real menacing, like cold, aggressive kind of beat now? And I felt that Profess just matched that vibe perfectly, right? He's yeah. throwing some liminal disses. I um I, I don't think it's the same person um from Planas, but I could be wrong. Right. Um so I love what he says, what's beef when your mouth full of kiss cake? Do lie, you know you like right. everything crispic. You know what I mean? Even through right. a young right. buck reference, where I was like, I legit had to stop and Google it just to see it was valid. I didn't even know that that even happened. I was like, whoa, whoa you know, but it was like, wow, okay. Um, I even dug the fact how he shout out chromatics for putting his songs on well the um the radio show that he has on Mondays, the grind, you know what I mean? So he shot them out right. there. And then he mentioned this performance where that person was there on stage with him and he's expecting some kind like he was expecting him and Mike to just be like buddies or some kind some kind of drama like that. Right. Like they right. was just expecting right. that he could have just kinda demand their loyalty basically instead of like earning it now. So yeah. I would love to know the, the the stuff behind the scenes there, but yeah, overall this was a dope ass structure. So y'all 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 get two distracts on this one album on this one mixtape here, Trent. Um, any thoughts on on Beto? This was just like, yeah, this is just like. Oh no, yeah, no, no, no. It was on the front track I, I, again. I think I don't know who this one was now. I was like again because two. I think it's two. Right, as I say, two people. So I. One of them I kind of know well, you know, I meet him a little more, but the other one I don't know as well. So I was like, all right, let me see. Why does it, the thing, I'll, I'll, like, literally, I'll wait, like, months just to ask the question, like, why, why that happened that way? I was like, okay, all right, that is why. <laughs> but, yeah, funny as hell, pretty 
you know, again, solid, solid diss track, good wordplay. I'm a crack it up. So yeah. Yeah. Nah, it, ha- it have some real funny bars in this too. Um, yeah. Speaking of Mike Wise, now we get, in my opinion, the best song in the mixtape, uh, yep. Make Noise, right? This is similar to like um, All It Takes from In Other Words, right? This is that one track where you have Professor Mike Wise just not yeah. really dueling, but just basking in this yeah. beat and just making miracles out of it, right? And this yeah. beat, yeah. though, oh my God, it is yeah. heavenly, it's airy, it's just gorgeous, way, so luxurious, yeah. right? And yeah. you could tell, like, Professor Mike Wise just fall in love with that beat because he just go all yeah. in. It could t- yeah, they just gliding over this thing perfectly though. It's flawless, right? Um yeah, standout yeah. bars. I love where Mike says off record mics and stuff, flawless. I'm right and rough. Fire in Amsterdam. Pause. Let him like a let, let him light a dutch. Lighter like light, light dutch, yeah. 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 Never cease till uh, all felt his minus touch. Bars filled with lessons you should take away, but you're all in minus much. Wood, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> I love where Professor spits um I stick forks in beef, that's proper mannerism. When I say hold your blood clot, I am speaking aneurysms. Right, as yeah. you know, the, as Anthony Pantano Neil drops say, that's a par. That's a par, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, he also says, so don't cross me like the Pope Catholic. Sorry. So don't cross me like the Pope Catholic religion. I'm warming up. Just got started like khaki nation. Rappers want smoke off my muffler in healing missions. Afraid to face Chris. So the emuling disses. And I believe Professor did put some did mention this on Facebook. I believe there's a post where where the sent me email me a this. I believe this happened months ago, but I don't know the full context of that. Just. So when I hear it, I was like, oh okay, right. And then he make a slight reference to you know the this track beat where I was like, yeah, yeah. I see what you did there. I see there. I see what you did there. But overall, right. I fuck with this song. Too. This song actually like yeah. this is one of my favorite like songs. I should say of, of, of 2020, my opinion, just off the beat yeah. and just off the chemistry that both MCs have on this. I love this song. Yeah. Um, any thoughts yeah. on me? Yeah, my favorite as well. Um, Mike Wise comes in and just blows it up really, really good. Yeah. Um, so the track that, that I was waiting on, I didn't hear it. When I got to him, uh, this was the one that wasn't released on, on Lime. I just listened to them on, um, on, on YouTube. Um, oh, okay, okay. Oh, okay. So he didn't release that on the same day? I was trying. Well, to, no, I was trying to it, catch up, but you know, no, it was just. Remember, all of them didn't come out at the same time. They had to wait, so it's like, oh, this is coming out an hour, whatever it was. So by the time yeah. I, I left home, it was yeah, that's all it was. It wasn't like a thing anyway. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Well, yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. So we have three more tracks. Um. We have scars, which was one of the singles for the album. Um. This features Fari Slim, who you remember. Well, yeah. if you listen to another uh, words, right. he was the one who yeah. um, sung Farai's on the track. Um, Farai, okay, Farai, right? Farai's yeah, he sung the hook for, um, well, provided vocals, I should say, for Hours Ain't Hours. I thought hours that his vocals hours. were great, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. At first, the choppy female vocals and the set kind of distorted piano keys throw you off a bit, but then when the drums hit, right. it's like, okay, okay, yeah. now again, now again, now again, right? And just makes his song beautiful, but at the same time, it's really poignant, right? And um, really what it's about, it just relates to this true life falling out that he had with his girl. Um, she saw some pictures of his ex on his phone and she just, you know, you know, got angry at him. And he's just telling her, well, you know, sorry. And, you know, that was just for, um, past and things and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, he goes into detail about the process, about, well, the inspiration and how he made the song. Um on his uh, reality art series that he has on YouTube. So I'll put the link to that below. Right. 
Um, yes. But yeah, this is Profess as at his most vulnerable, most personal. It can remind me of you know the four forty four title track from you know Jay Z's album. You know I me mean? where it's just like it's not even about me dissing anybody <laughs> at this point. It's just like yo, I'm sorry, I'm really really sorry, right? So I really dug that yeah. man. Um, it, it's a solid track in my opinion, but this is one that grows on you with more listeners, especially that beat. Um, any thoughts on on scars? Yeah, 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 great, great. Um, track as I say, vulnerable, soft, you know, somber, great, yeah, hype. Yeah, yeah. Um, a little apology here. We have we actually had three more, well, four tracks overall, four final tracks. But this one is the two, the last one, right? This is another single, um, Family Tree. Um, and essentially, this is uh, it's sweet, but it's not syrupy or saccharine, more like a heartfelt dedication to his girl, right? Um. He acknowledges, yes, there's been ups and downs in the relationship, but you know, it's like, you know what, I'm going to move forward with you, right? I'm, you're, you're my writer there. I love that. Um, the beat is right. mellow, it's laid back. It doesn't really distract you from what um, Mike, sorry, what um, Professor's saying. And, you know, overall, it's, 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 a, it's a fine song. It's a really, really fine song, in my opinion. Um, next off, we have 216s. Well, the, you know, yeah. title track here for this um, mixtape here. Um, essentially, he's using the number 16 as a framework to you know, for the song here. So he's talking yeah. about uh, where his life and career took him, right? At 16, he started rapping. Now at the time that he recorded the album, he's 32, right? So that's 2 by 16. Um, yeah. His son is 8, who is, yeah. which is half a 16. Half a he 16, doesn't want to yeah. work for 216 a day. And I, I remember like the first time I hear that, because there's a, like a, a whole segment um, between the first second verses, where it's like, um, boss man, you, only, you were 216 a day. I can't work for that, boy. 216, right? Yeah. And I was thinking 260, but it's like when I when I told them, I was like, no, idiot, it's 2016 a day. Like, oh, right? Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. And yeah, I mean, why would anyone want to work for 2016 a day, Dre? Like, come on, come on, right? Um, yeah. And yet, and basically, through the album, we've been getting tracks with, um, well, you know, 216 first, um, 16 bar verses, right? So, you know, it, it sticks to the to the to, yeah. um, to the theme of the album itself, right? And yeah, um it in terms of just like winding on the album and just kind of summing up, you know, the full circle aspect of the album, like, you know, yeah, this is where I've been and this is where I'm at right now. I'm still striving to do better, right? Yeah, yeah. This is this is a, this song worked for me, man. Um any any thoughts on two sixteens, the the track? Yeah, yeah, very, very clever, but um, clever ideas. And I was like, oh yeah, all of these things because like, oh yeah, his son is really eight years old. And, okay, yeah, and it, it cut, it cut, it cut together nice. Um, I appreciate it as well. It's a pretty good album, um, overall. And then great, great, nice final track. Yeah, lyrically strong. And, yeah, I dig yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. actually, this is the well, the, the the final track um is well, feet right. Um, this was another lead single of the album. Um, I really yeah. dug how soulful and uplifting the beat is, how bold and confident and determined Profess sounds in this dread. Like, he's coming off as the underdog yeah. dread, but dog, you just really want to see this man win dread. Uh, one yeah. line that, that stuck with me is where he says, I quit my job to be self-made because I'd rather not be your slave dread. And that's yeah. something like real bold to say to like, you know, uh, you know, the average um white color, you know, Trinidadian dread, but it's like, you know, just a lot of people wanna stick in the nine to five and think, Oh, everything's gonna be cool. I mean, just work right. at a shitty job for years, I could pay down on this car and all that kind of stuff, right? But mm-hmm. it's that decision to say, No, I want to make money my way and just pursue my own dreams and live the life I wanna live. Not that many people would, would take that that step, Jordan. 
Profess did, and yep. I, 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 to- I honestly respect that trip. So yeah, this yep. is a dope track. I love the sentiment. I love the message, and yeah, this is a hell of a way to end the the mixtape here. Um, any thoughts on right. feet? Well, this is the track I didn't listen to. That I didn't think it was. I thought the other track was the last track. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah it, right. it, it could have been, you know, but nah, this yeah. this what? Yeah. I listened to. I didn't. I didn't listen to it in any order. You listened to it the way I put out now. So I thought this was before. Oh, okay. Now, yeah. now I see. Now I see. I got you. I got you. Right. Right. Um. In retrospect, though, I would have loved to see like the pocket change remix make it there. Like, I don't know, maybe, like, I don't know if 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 proof has had it in mind or whatever it is. Like, maybe it's for another project. Maybe you know, pro- uh, pocket change album or whatever it is, right? But yeah, this right. would have been a nice little bonus track to kind of just close things off on a high note. But yeah, yeah. Um, for what we got here, I think that this is really, really solid. Though. I, I actually found myself um, enjoying this um, a bit more than, in other words, I really see the the progress, if you will, in um, in professors writing and, you know, just rapping and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, he just stepped his game up here with this one, man. Um, he yeah. really showcased what he's good at, you know what I mean, whether it's harsh distracts or... You know, just him being vulnerable or just him opening up about his dreams and his goals and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I was just totally impressed by this, man. I mean, not much more yeah. I could say. I'm giving this a strong four to five. Um, yeah, this is right up there with me, you know what I mean, in terms of like what are the best projects I've heard to say as far as um, hip-hop goes, as far as local hip-hop goes. Yeah, yep. and I just want to see where else, you know, he profess takes his um, talent and abilities, man. So... Yeah, I mean, he knocked it out of the park with this one here. Really dug it. Um, I'll put the link to it, of course, so you guys can check it out. But yeah, if you haven't, um, please check it out. Also, check out In Other Words. And yeah, his other stuff as well, man. So yeah, Profess, you, 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 you hit all the park with this one here for sure, man. Yeah. Um, any last words on yeah, yeah, yeah. two uh, yeah, no, yeah. Production value was, was really, really improved um, overall um, because on it last time his la- last um, album had some little issues with that. Um, it wasn't major, and actually some of it kind of worked in in in, in his case. Um, but for the most part, I really, really enjoyed this as well. This this just yeah, just a really solid listen overall. And yeah, great. I appreciate it. Hard. All right. So next off we have is right. Wise Squared, right? Um, squared right. as in. S K W E I R T, right? Awesome spell, in my opinion, right? Um, this is the debut collabo EP from John Squared, um, formerly John Chan. He is right. a Trimagonian singer, songwriter, um, sound engineer. He has collaborated with Mike Wise on, you know, Leave and Heat Succeed, right? right? And of course, Mike Wise, who we, you know, we've we've covered Heat Succeed already. We've covered Leave already, right? Yeah. So yeah, this was a collaboration. I was it. I was really intrigued by what I mean from the moment I saw um well the the first single and and um video for Fallen came yeah. out. I was like, okay, okay, they they do with this thing. It's cool. But that, that one small thing that's bothered the hell out of me. Is, is it um is it what uh about the the video? Yeah, there's one small thing, one small nitpicky thing that's bothered me. It's not it's not the audio error, right? That was him just coming in early. Not that. Um, oh, okay. I'm, I'm I'm gonna talk about that. That's, that's no, no. That's not really an error, though, But I'll get to that. But go yeah, ahead. yeah. I get, I get. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's not that. But um, the, the chess game, it's not progressing. I just watching this chess game. I was like, they're putting a play. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, you know, it's one of those things you don't even think about. You know, like uh, it, it, it's, it's a decision I would have made different. 
Right. No, what happens that the decision the decision I would have made is that I would have like a, a top shot from the chess game in the video. I'd have a top shot on the chess game and I'd have, I'd have the actual game progress and then you cut to them playing so the game progresses. But it is like the chess game would have been center stage in the the whole thing. Whatever. It's like no, I'm on the money quarterback. Right, right. No, but that, yeah. that's a good that's a good observation, man. But I really yeah, didn't think about that. I, I thought he was gonna yeah, say, no, no. "Oh, it's the it's the VHS um, it's the VHS no, uh, filter that they use." Yeah I, yeah. yeah, I don't like that. I, I don't mind that. I don't mind that. Um, but the, the chess game, I find they could have do a little montage, not montage, a, a time lapse with it or something like that. Well, they could have do something with the chess game because it goes. We we now watch out the show that Queen's Gambit does. Eh, you know, you do? oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do every everybody riding on that on that Queen's Gambit train, but oh my god, you know? Yeah. Anyway, right? So this is a six track EP, right? Um we have three songs produced by Mike, three songs produced by John Squid, right? And yeah. I'll confess up, right? So the first time I listened to it, you know, normally when I listen to albums, just start casually. You just have it in the background already thinking about it all that much it's just background music right you know i just surfing the net and whatnot right and at first i was like this is different i like the fact yeah. that that it is different but in that roping man you waited and then boy i just gave it like two more lists two three more listens dread i'm like this is one of the best projects i hear for the year dread yeah uh, no lie no bullshit yeah. this is one of the best projects of the year and i'll tell you why in a bit right so what the album essentially is about, Dredd, is we have these these two artists, Dredd, who have a lot of talent, right? Who are gifted in terms of music and whatnot. They know that they are making quality music, Dredd. And yet, unfortunately, they, like us, belong in a society that will not even give them the time of day. They will just look at them yeah. like, oh, you're, you're a rapper, and, you know, oh, you just, you're an R&B singer, you sing Neo Soul, what is that? I don't know what it is, right? And yeah. it's just basically them like letting us know how they feel as artists, really. Just more or less just taking all that shit that was thrown at them and treat it right back at, at, at the critics and the doubters and haters of the vultures, everybody, right? And what once that what's a hit with me, but I was like, yeah, cause I could totally connect with that. I mean, I, I understand that whole feeling of being a, a, a creative person and you know, like even with yeah. this what you hear right now and you know, just it just going on deaf ears like i i can relate to that totally just so once that connect right. with i was like yeah i dig in everything about this right so first track we have is kings and gods right this is produced by mike wise um the beat for this is very laid back it's very summery very jazzy right and yeah mike's opening bars pretty much sums up um the whole team of the ep right so i'll just read it out your mind been conditioned to simply brush aside this rendition heightened suspicion for that Fantano type criticism, of course, as a reference yeah. to anti Fantano, right? Yeah. Outsiders like who, of culture fighting. Who I, is, a, yeah, is a pretty bad music critic. Yeah. You find so? Yeah, as a music critic, yeah, I, I don't like his he, he, very shallow in, interpretations, in my opinion. He's like a person who jump on late here. Yeah. However, we'll, we'll get. Okay, we have to, we have to talk about that later. I, 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 I kind of like. Like his reviews, though. And one thing is that he is well. Like what I try to do, he will discover projects that kind of went beyond people's readers and give it the listens. Like I know he not like the the, the best 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 out there, but I I like what you doing. No, no, he's a good right. Yeah, he's he's a okay. Again, we don't have to have this argument here, but he's a no, no, journalist. No, no, no. That's what, 
That is my attitude about, about Fantano. He's not really that good of a critic to speak of. He's like a journalist, you know, type guy now. So you know how to look for projects, but when it comes to actual analysis and things, not that I don't think he's that good, to be frank. Very shallow in my opinion. But whatever. It's up to it's... I, I I see, I see. I, I understand. Fair yeah. enough, fair enough, fair enough, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um so continuing on the, the um uh, opening bars, right? Outsiders in the culture fighting to sit in. Just to discredit we sound. Yo, that type shit I've been in. Right. And that right there just kind of sums up what to expect with this, right? So yeah. um basically that uh, you know like the, the the ironic thing about it, because yeah, this this uh, this EP is steeped in irony, right? Is that from an outsider perspective, right? You think, oh well, Mike Wise is a rapper, and you know, well, the only way for him to get any, you know, credibility and you know, praise and whatnot is, well, if he collaborate with a with a singer, right, with an R&B singer, whatever right. it is. You think that's how it work down here, but in, but here, no, not really. He he would have better luck, and I ain't calling no names. You probably know who I talk about. If he collaborates with a soca star, just saying, it work with a certain someone, and it work, right. but. <laughs> When it comes to like someone yeah. outside of Soka, not so much, right? So that's that's right. that's just the the, the 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 brutal reality that these guys have to deal with, right? Yeah. Um mm. so yeah, they, they kinda come off as a outcast, you know, like the group of sorts, right? <laughs> you know. But I just like the fact that they're just being themselves, right? They're being real, right? And you know, um but yeah, overall this was a hell of a way just to kick the album off, right? Uh, of course, um John provides some some great um vocals near the end. Where yeah, he says we yeah. are kings and gods in this thing of ours, you know what I mean? Mike, of course, he just destroys his beat. I mean, it's his beat and he just decimates it. But but it's not to the point that John doesn't get his time to shine. And when he does, he does, but he really owns that that final first day, in my opinion. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really great way to kick things off, man. Um, now we have track two, don't at me, at as an ampersand, right? You know, if you talk yeah, yeah. Facebook, if you're tagging people, right? So I'll get to that right, tag right, right. Um this is produced by John Squid, right? And he provides this haunting guitar-driven beat for this. Um, he delivers a great opening verse and hook. And how I interpret this is that basically he's talking about how local artists, you know, ready to speak out and say, oh, you know what I mean? We, we, music not being played and why it is right. local stations not playing with stuff and blah, 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 right? But when it comes to guys like John and Mike who in in this thing for years and try to get their music out there, those guys like ready to just cast them away too, even though they need yeah. the same boat. But as soon as something happens, it's like, oh well, yeah, everybody have to speak out, right? And what's the first thing they do? Go on social media, kind of you know, um, yeah. rant about it, and then what? Tag people on it. So, <laughs> so John is like, yo, don't at me. He says that any hook, right? Like, yeah, yeah, just don't, don't tag me on that. Just say tag me. He says don't at me, and that's how I took yeah. it too. But it could also be interpreted as, you know, well, especially with Mike, who isn't afraid to talk about, you know, just the reality of being in Trinidad, you know, in crime and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you're ready to, like, point fingers and say, oh, he's, you know, promoting negative um, negativity and, you know, he's just um, creating art out of, out of people's misery and all that kind of stuff. How could he do that? But right. the second right. somebody get killed or, you know, whatever... It's like, oh, if we should speak out, and why aren't these guys talking about it? You know what I mean? And yeah. you know, right? So that's what it is. That that's how I that's what I took from it. Um, Mike, however, he delivers a passionate verse. Um, and what what I know is that it more or less touches on well hypocrisy, right? Which is one of the major yeah. themes of Heat Succeed, right? So you know, um, 
talks about how he's accused of promoting negative stereotypes. But you know, but the funny thing is that because he's a rapper, it's it's easy to pinpoint and say, oh, that's what you do. You know what I mean? You just talk about guns and you know crime because you're a rapper, right? That's right. what rappers do, right? And he's like, no, you just talk about real, real shit, right? And yeah, uh, uh, sorry, there are many people in Trinidad want to hear about facts, right? They want to hear that when it comes to to local music. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, overall, this is a powerful song for me. It resonated with me, especially that beat, the guitar strums on that beat. Oh my god! So yeah, love, love this song. This is one that gets better with every listen. So track number three, we have "No Rest," right, which is produced by by Mike Weiss. Um, I dug the moody, dramatic, very dramatic, um, soulful vibe of the beat here. And Mike just kicks off the song instantly with his fiery verse. He's just talking about his grind. You know what I mean? Him wanting to be a great rapper, but he doesn't want to sleep now because you know he doesn't he doesn't want to get knocked off by rivals or heaters. So it's kind of like um, you know Nasin, I never sleep, but because sleep is the cousin of death. That kind right. of vibe now he he going with right. Um, he uses some religious um, iconography to express his thoughts on the rap games. So he says, far, "Far from divine shit, of course." You need to watch your own circles too for any sign of a cross. Them Judases, when you find them, you toss, claiming that they barely fed, scheming on your daily bread. Like, ah, right. okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and John compliments it with uh, perfectly, I should say, with a chorus slash outro, which pretty much sums up, um, well, pretty much say that, you know, he on the same mindset with, with Mike, he on the same boat with him. they all about trying to be as perfect as they can, as, um, as, as artists, right? And Dina yeah. willing to rest, right? I love how he has this sort of freestyle kind of off the cuff kind of dance or like cadences. So you'll see you'll throw in a little bit of humor as well too. So he says, um, boy, you never know you could have grind. Me not really. Just good at grinding. I out here since nineteen ninety something, right? I, I love it the end where he says, No rest for the wickedest. I'm the wickedest, so no rest. You know, so that's the way how he yeah. says it. I know I butcher new lines here, but the way how he says it here, it just has this kind of stream of consciousness kind of flow to it that I really, really dug that. So great track here. Now we have the single that you you, you were uh, referring to earlier, Fallen, right? Which is produced by John Squid, right? Um, John's beat is very mellow. It has this sort of trap bass vibe to it. It has some synth keys in the background and some hard drums. And I love how Mike's intro kind of bring to light the whole cynicism true in him. He talk about, well, you know, I really feel like I reach where I need to reach yet, and all people still hate on me. So, imagine what gonna happen when I actually make it there. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. like really something to think about eh, when you really think about it, right? Um, so the fake out, that's what you'd say was the audio error, is a fake out actually. Kind of like how, um, Okay, so forgive the reference here, like how Drake did for starting from the bottom. We starts right. with started, and then you hear the right. um, the the watermark, and then he goes to so the started from the bottom. Now we're here, so something like right. that. Now it's like he just kind of he he gets kind of fake out a bit, and then he goes in. There. And right. speaking of going in, boy, he goes in on this trend. He snaps on this beat, like tons of triplet flows here, and yeah, basically what you're just talking about is. Yeah, just being looked down upon as being a local rapper, right? He has some great quotes, like where he spits, No weak shit I scribble to the beats I'm a sizzle. Still you respond to my dreams with a giggle. How could this young motherfucking Trini try to step in the culture and keep shit official? Like, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Loving this, right? I love how John compliments him in the end with this sort of nonchalant kind of hook where he says, um, You won't get nothing 
from seeing me falling. And he just keeps saying that. And, you know, it, it has a mantra kind of feel to it, but the way how John delivers it is just like, yeah, I mean, we're going to have we, we downs and ups too, you know, but you don't have to worry about me. I, I'm going to, we're going to keep, we're going to keep doing this, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah I just love that. It's just like kind of brushing off the dirt off his shoulders. Like, yeah, you ain't going to really benefit from me, from us falling. We're going to get back up. That's how it is. Um, any thoughts on, on falling? Yeah, great, great track. Uh, good thing. I, I like, I misinterpreted the, the thing. I thought it was a kind of error. Um, there's a way it's sung, like in the case of, yes, you're compared to Drake, but that, that, that song didn't intentional while this song did like an error. On. But I don't know if it's my bias. Yeah. It's, it's, so it's, I, it's, I, it's I intentional, be, but, um, but the I Drake be, thing I could, could be, be a... sorry, the, the Drake thing could be unintentional. Oh, well, for all we know, but this one here and this song here, it's purely intentional. Right, right. right. But, yeah, but as I say, as I say, well, I, I could be now accused of the same, <laughs> you know, the same things that, that Mike Weiss has been complaining about with local people, uh, like, uh, you know. All right, next track we have is Forest of Dreams, right? This is produced by John, right? The beat for this is hazy. It has some disenchanted piano keys. It has this old-school hip-hop break beat here. And I love... he. Well, basically, he just kicks off the song with this beautifully bluesy opening verse, right? Um, it also shows up after Mike's verse, right? So basically, he's talking about his Forest of Dreams, right? This mental sanctuary where... You know, his achievements could only go as far as his own imagination. So it's kind of like a, a place of retreat as well, too, when, you know, life hits him hard. Now. Just like, leave me alone in my forest of dreams. I love that. And I love the fact that he just kind of crazy sense that he's, he accepts the fact that he is lonely. He's he's all alone in this place and he really couldn't have it any other way, honestly, in my opinion, right? Um, I dug how, how Mike comes in here with, with a really sharp and cynical verse so he pictures himself as an animal in the wilderness so he's just kind of like just seeing through all the lies all the BS all the praise false praise through that him right but he finds his hope, his, his hope and strength um, in his own abilities in his potential and in his forest of dreams as well you know yeah. so it's haunting it's poignant it's beautiful yeah dope track I really really love this track yeah <clears throat> and now <laughs> whew, hell of a way to end this album off by Mickey and Mallory this is produced by Mike Wise right and you know if you know your 90s cinema this is a reference to Mickey and Mallory Knox aka Woody Harrison and Juliet Moore from Natural Born Killers right and before you take it oh it's, this is this is about John and Mike it's like nope not really but we'll get to what's about it a bit right so Mike provides this really lush jazzy instrumental it has some looped soul vocals added and it mm-hmm. just has this sort of nocturnal kind of riding music vibe to like could just rock back in your car and just nod your head to it right and yeah I'm a, I'm a fan of that kind of music anyway right so the title is brought up in a section of Mike's verse, which is Miss Me With Fallacies, This Shit Be Insanity. Fuss is scribble on paper, holy is the anatomy. That means it's God body. Bars will be in Calvary. You could get killed by a couple, no Mickey or Ma- no Mickey and Mallory. I'm like, that's a bar, you know what I mean? That 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 is some bars. That's some bars, right? But what I love about this track too, like yes, I mean Mike come true with a fiery fussy killer dread. But it's really John who steals the whole show, Tred. And what what how is about like how how to picture it really is that 
as a whole, they're just using this beat, like the 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 botany element in this, right? So just using this as sort of like the cynical way to kind of lash back at the haters, to lash back at the doctors, right? So you have this really smoothly back beat, and they just go in on it, like they just go hard at the haters, right? So John, right, right. so so like if you just picture it, like just imagine them at this sort of like lounge club or whatever it is, just performing, right? And when John comes in, you know what I mean? I love when he just comes in with John Squared and Mike again. You know what I mean? Almost like they just entertain the audience there. And they're all like, yeah, for all of you who just hated us all these years, Red, fuck all you. Right? right? And I could just like imagine like people in the club in the club just getting offended and just walking out. And just have one man who just sit down just clapping like, yes, preach, preach. That's how that 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 song feels like, Trey. Like this is them just going in, Trey. Like haul your mother, all that kind of stuff, right? I love how um how John say um you know Matix can't be the only man playing the music, man. Kenny can't be the only man playing the music, man. Right. Like it's funny, but it just has this bitter dark humor to yeah. it, and it just hits, right? I know a lot, not a lot of people will like this because of the the cussing that goes on. But I just think the fact that they were just like, no, we don't care. This is the end of the album. This is what we're going to do. This is going to hit your heart with this trend. And like for me, I was just like, yeah, I love this. I love the beat. I love the lyrics. I love John's, um, John's contribution to this. Love this song. Hell of a way to end the album off. Nice, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So in short, boy, yeah. It took my while. It, it, it is only like, like I say, first time you have it in the background, it's just like, oh, well kind of like jazzy beats not really anything to to go crazy over i mean there's mics expecting flames but still too lead back for me but when i really dug into the lyrics and what these guys are saying here that's when it hit that's when it really connect with me and i would say if you are a struggling artist if you know what it is to be a creative and just have your work just be ignored or just like oh well it's not Trini, it's not flavor of the month. We don't need this. Like in my case, we don't need films criticism unless it's about Trini films, right? Or um, we don't need rap music from Trinidad because we already have American rap music. We don't need Neo Soul because we have all these songs from like what the 90s and 2000s. Like, no, you have all these creative people in here, Trinidad, just trying to get the the, the, the stuff out there. Just, 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 Just trying to get people to listen to it. You know what I mean? And yeah, I mean, it's it's a struggle, man. You know what I mean? But you know, once you just have that that um that that willingness to just keep grinding, to keep getting better at your craft, then yeah, one day you're gonna make it, and you're just gonna look back at the haters like yeah, just flip two, you know, just put two middle figures up in the air, them. And this to me is just at the heart of what White Square is yeah. about. Two dopas um artists, right? just flipping the bird at everyone. <laughs> but more or less showcasing his skills on the boards and behind the mic, all that good stuff, Tread. So yeah. yeah, um, I really, really dug this too. This is one of my favorite EPs of twenty twenty, one of my favorite projects of twenty twenty. Bar none, this gets a light four and a half out of five for me, man. This is a absolute, right. absolute listen. Um not many people will like it, especially when it comes to the language of this, but trust me, if you've if you struggle, Dread, and if you just know that you're the shit, Dread, and you have to deal with people just ignoring you all the time, Dread, I, I don't blame you, you know, just just you know, going hard at, at those same folks, Dread. So yeah. Absolute must listen. John Squared, Mike Wise, y'all knocked it out the park with this one here. This is gonna be showing up on my best off for sure. Um nice. Ricardo, I don't know if you listen to this, but this yeah, dude. 
dude, like, like, listen to this, like, please, to all right. y'all who, 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 you know, what, thinking that you know local music is just all about soca, listen to this. If y'all don't like what they say, well, that's all your problem, Dread. But I am a hundred percent on board with this. Love this album. Sorry, love this EP. Number two more. Nice one. All right, so continuing the small acts um, anthology series, which you know we yeah. really first two Mangrove and Lovers Rock, we really enjoy them. And you know, yeah. I'll, I'll confess something, right? Like I have a, a slot. I have slots basically for all five of these films, right? Because yeah, I know I'm gonna get great quality, right? But at the same time, I have to treat these films. Uh, well, we said it before last week. Um, we have to treat them as individual films and not just have them on some high pedestal because it's small acts and it's about, you know, the Caribbean diaspora in England and it has great black actors and all that kind of stuff and Steam McQueen, you know what I mean? We have to treat these films individually as they are. So, yes, we right. will more or less give them praise, but, you know, praise for different reasons more or less, right? But, yeah, in this case now we have Red, White, and Blue. Ricardo, if you know my way to do the synopsis for this, right? So, right. Um, big sell for this and what, you know, had me intrigued when he would go was John Boyega, you know, being in this, right? I was really curious to see him play, you know, um, son of a, you know, Caribbean immigrant and whatnot. And it's team basically, you know, considering, well, police, right? I do, you know, we, we've, we've touched on the police with um, the mangrove story. Um, not yeah. so much with, with Lovers Rock here, but yeah, here we, well, in this case, we're going to go a little deep into that world of what it is to, to be a cop, you know what I mean? And morals and all that good stuff, right? So, Ricardo, take it away. What is Red, White, and Blue about? Right, so it's John Boyega is playing Leroy Logan, a famous historical figure. I think it's, I don't know if he's one of the first or the first black police officer um, in London, or one of the first, one of the very rare few. And it basically, he is a person who kind of, quote-unquote, well, downgrade in his life. You know, he had a pretty good career, you know, a PhD, he's a doctor, scientist. And, you know, he, it had a little inciting incident involving his dad. Um, and he wanted to just, well, change the system from within by, by trying to be a police officer. He's pretty fit. He ended up being the best of his in his candidacy um, throughout, throughout police training. And just to work it out from the beginning, and just did the effectively the first arc in his career, um, you know, his, his long legacy about that. And, and how, you know, the Royal Logan is probably, like we, in history, I have to dig up the history, but he, you know, is heavily responsible for a lot of um, changes within the, the British police, police service. Um, in, the, in the late, in recent, he recently retired and they had a whole thing about that. I remember seeing it since on BBC. Um, so that's it. Uh, it's just that first opening volley of his life and career. And the, the family dynamics and, you know, how everyone feel and community and all of this stuff. And his frustrations and whatnot. And that's it. Um, they, it's shorter than I expected. Um, yeah, it, it clocks in about um, it clocks in 18 minutes, actually. Yeah, it flew It flew for me, actually. I, I was like, oh, it's done already? Okay. Um, yeah, well, I, I had it in my mind just like, like Lover's Rock. Like, I know... It's going to end at a certain point. So, yes, get it, get it yeah. best in the story, but know that, yeah, as soon as you get real, real deep, it might just end. You see credits through, right? So, yeah. yeah. Um, that's it. So, I, okay, so I was, I wanted it to be longer, right? I was expecting a longer story, or at least I was expecting something along the lines of he was going to get more of his life, or, or but they, they're stopping up interesting space. And 
I didn't hate that. So I thought it was mostly fine for me. Him going in that, that way with it. That's it. It had nothing else to say other than that. It's just really, really good character work, family dynamic work, you know, the politics. We could debate if they get the accents right. I'm not sure because that, that thing, they didn't get into too much other characters or what it was about because, like, I thought it had a thing with the friend or I thought they would get into the courtroom, another courtroom drama involving the father, but they didn't do that. Um, it just, they just kind of just take it from his perspective and that's it. Um, nothing else to say. On that, it, but it was it was still good for me. Like I didn't hate this. It was yeah. Um. Okay. So I would say that at the moment, um, you know, well, we just talking about well, three films here thus far. We haven't seen the other two. Um. This feels more of the it, this this feels like the bleakest thus far, right? Um. It's very right. angry. It's very bitter and appropriately so, in my opinion. And I know for some people, they, they probably would not enjoy this one as much as, say, Lovers Rock or, or Mangrove, you know, both of which have, you know, somewhat um, yeah. upbeat endings, right? But this one, it's, you know, just dour, right? Um, yeah. But to me, it works, though, because it yeah. just kind of shows that there is variety. This, this is that, yes, this is Black Struggle, you know, well, except for Lovers Rock, you know, we, the, the, these are fairly Black Struggle films, right? Right. Um, but it's not like we're going to just end on this happy lifetime note and then you're going to get some little, you know, uh, you know, still text with, you know, t- detailing what happened to the characters afterwards, right? It literally just stops at the moment, you know, gives you yeah. some time to think, um, which I really appreciate. I thought that was, it wasn't bold or anything like that, but I just felt like it was appropriate. But yeah, I yeah. do imagine for some people, they might just get turned off of the, lack of hope in this one but you know it what it really does right. very well this kind of puts us in the shoes of uh leroy london right you sorry leroy logan, logan you yeah. really do feel how it yeah. is to be yeah the sole black man in this predominantly white right. you know police force right and taking yeah sorry in his case like his his mission statement you know makes sense right it may seem a little uh, superficial, but at the same time, it makes right. sense. Like, he wants to change things for the inside. He knew he can't do anything as a civilian or at least a guy doing forensics for the police. But, hey, if I'm inside, at least I could try to, you know, do some good stuff or at least make my superiors understand that, hey, you know, me right. and all, uh, us black people are just thugs or whatnot, right? We're not just ghetto kids and whatnot. We could do more, but you really do see how the pressures of just being a police man, you know what I mean? Well, both internally and externally, just weigh down on this guy, that you really do feel sorry for him. And that's, that's really what this, yeah. this film does. It just really makes us, it puts us in his, it, it, yeah, it just makes us walk a mile in his shoes and really understand the, the pain and pressure that he had to go through just to, yeah, they, to make change, you know? Right. No, but they, 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 keep it, they keep it close to the chest as well. Everything is just from his perspective. They don't try to get all fancy with it or anything like that. Um, the, we got the one thing about it that is doing the only well, close, close, close unquote thing of hope is just him and he and his dad, and the dad kind of come around on, on the whole situation about yeah. him being up which, which, which I love, by the way. I love that it ends on that sort of quiet, right? Movie, but it works, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, that's pretty much it for me. I, I didn't have any major um issues overall from that perspective. It was just okay, you know, the father come around. You know the 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 dimension of it when he first joined that that bitterness with oh, the father and he and you know even the friend didn't like him for joining the police officers you know they get into all of the Oreo coconut jokes and whatnot and they make it work in terms of like just that 
dimension to it. Just the early years, all the little bullshit things you have to worry about, and then the big bullshit things you have to worry about because the, the end of the film has a big thing where it's like, oh shit, he could have. That is a super dangerous thing that could have happened. And it's because of the police and the, how, how terrible they are um, with him not getting back up. Um, that's it. They just keep it. It's a slow burn. It works in that sense. And I really, I really thought we'd have, we'd have got a longer arc involving, oh, well, this is what he did and this is his life. And I was like, no, it's just they keep it like that. And I, I, I wanted it to be longer, but I didn't hate it as it is. And I, I like this as it was. That's just my last take on it. I have nothing else to see. Yeah. Because you just have to watch the rest. It's just you have all these little great little character moments like the part where he now joined the school and your father come out. And hug him. Great scene. Oh yeah, sure. that, so, that was a great scene. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but yeah, yeah, yeah I do agree with you like, for the yeah. yeah, I do agree with you for the most part though. Um, yeah, this this could have been just a a smidge longer, or at least could have given us right. just a little bit more in terms of you know what um right. or at least yeah where his arc was going right um yeah. I mean it stops at a particular point right, but it's not like okay this is the end of everything right, but you know what I mean um the reality when it, when it hits him literally yeah it, it it does work right um I thought that John yeah, Boyega yeah. was was excellent in this um Steve Toussaint right. who plays is his dad was great um yeah yes they do have uh well I guess this is a thing with with the show here where you know it it sounds like British people talking Jamaican that kind of vibe here um there's even like one scene I... you know which, which I thought was 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 cool um this is a a lunch scene basically and they talk about um. You know, like, you know, back in Jamaica, we have jerk chicken and, you know, just the way how they talk now. It, it, well, it has that feel of home. Yeah. But still, ever so often, yeah. you might have that sort of, okay, you sound British, so trying to sound Jamaica. I guess that's a thing that I'll always have with this show, but, you know, with this um, series. But um, it didn't it didn't bother me as much as, as all that. Like, I, I'm trying to, you know, <laughs> get used to it in a, in a way, right? Right. Um, I well, it was but, really just um, it was really just the dad. The dad was the one who had the song the most Jamaican. The dad and the mom, and was yeah, the yeah. second mom and the friend, and he had a whole thing about where he could have this great little um argument. He and I think I couldn't follow. It was the his ex wife, or something yeah, um, like that. Yeah, it was, it was, well, yeah, yeah. Well, it's presumed that yeah, it is his ex wife or just his second wife. I'm sure was going on like, separate. Yeah, yeah. That 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 right. back and forth had some you know like it, yeah. it felt the. Caribbean this in the in the argument, right? Like the the quips yeah. that they would throw at each other. So that, that would right? Right. Um right. But I love how also like the, the show itself goes into a familiar, you know, story, you know what I mean, when it comes to, you know, like crime, um police drama, like police procedurals, you know, the whole idea of uh what it reminds me of actually is uh super cool, for example, right? You know, classic yeah. Alpacino film. Uh but in this case is like a rookie, you know what I mean, now going in and seeing things play out the way they are instead of this veteran or this guy who in it for years right but yeah i like that they do play to cliches of oh you know me my friend did this violent act and i have to keep it a secret and i can't tell yeah, yeah, my spirit and all that yeah. kind of stuff. they don't do that it's just day by day something will you yeah. know, see something something will happen to him and it's just yeah. how it is all uh, builds up there's a moment where like <laughs> where John's character melts down, Jen, and like I felt every yeah. seeding moment of that. Jen. Like, you can just feel yeah, that yeah. angst bursting out, though, and it works. Uh, it really does. Yeah, I thought that the music choices were fantastic. Jen. There's, yeah. there's, there's yeah. a considerable amount of Al Green using this, though, but like the, the Al yeah, Green yeah. songs right. they chose, especially, um, well, you know, the, the, the timeless How Can You Mend a Broken Heart, like, yeah, just mm. the, the, the use of that in the, in the show perfect loved it right yeah and yeah just a lot of 
throwbacks to well to old music well from the 60s to the early 80s yeah it took a while for me to pick up on it but yeah it's set like in the early to mid 80s right? like right. legit it took me a while I was like wait what what period is this but it's like oh okay right. it's, it's this period all right cool 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 right um I mean, it's it was it was impressive for me as well where you get to see um you know all of these all of these these retro stuff when you're when you're going back in time it's difficult to do from a set design standpoint um how accurate everything is you know the cars, wherever it is, and it's like okay, they, they actually nail everything. Um, yeah, yeah, wise, they did, they did. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, aesthetic wise, it does, it does look and feel like you are in, you know, in England in the eighties or what that. Um, I dug the yeah. cinematography once again is on point. Direction is strong. Um, writing yeah. is is solid throughout, right? And I loved it. Well, I would say for those going in, don't go in expecting some big crime drama thing. Like there is a moment an intense moment <laughs> I mean, right. which which caught my, my, my surprise though, but how it please don't do work for me and then there's a there's a sort of parallel to that later order it's like oh okay okay that's yeah. what they get right right so once again it's not like they, they they play it to you know oh you have to have these troops because it's a cop drama you know what i mean no it's it's really right. about right. this probably about this guy having to deal with just blatant racism in yep. in this in his division uh, um, I know some people just just before I get to moderated. I know some people would be let down by the lack of, you know, finality in certain things. Right, like we don't right. see how, like okay. So case in point, there's there's these uh, there's these not looted, but just basically um, these it's, yeah. Pakistani and Indian owned restaurants that are being uh, you know um. Windows are being broken into, you know, spray paint, all that kind of stuff, but they don't really see what who, right. who it is that um, did it, right? No, it's it, also, again, every, yeah, everything yeah, was yeah, very yeah. point of view. Everything was very point of view from the perspective because it's like he's not a detective yet, but they get into how he couldn't get, you know, the um the job, no, well, the yeah, yeah. promotion. And then they had, well, his friend, um Rajiv, I forget the character's name. Um, Asif, uh, Asif, right, who is... Well, you're right, from, from, from India, right? Well, India or Pakistan, yeah. right, whatever, right? Right. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's Pakistani because it's Urdu. I think oh, right, it's right, Pakistani. Right. Because because he said that um, he, he, there's a scene where he speaks um, Urdu. Yeah, how they connect yeah, yeah. that too to his character, would, um, in my opinion. Right. So. No, yeah, the, the thing is where they keep it, again, because they keep everything so POV now. So they had the scene where they see him coming at the end, well, close to the end, when he, he come in, he's super frustrated, and he said, good luck with this lot, and he leaves. And it's like, right, well, you don't know what it is they do, but, you know, he, he, he get it in many ways worse than he, right? In some ways, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. the show went down. Little stuff like that. It's everything that's, you have to figure out everything from the perspective of John Boyega's character. Stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. I really, I enjoyed that. I thought that was Yeah, cool. yeah. It, it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's unique cause, you know. Right. Uh, revolutionary, but it's different, right? It it really yeah. goes against what you'd expect from a police procedure, and for that, it works, right? So overall, yeah. I do like that this has a different feel to how things, you know, the the previous two entries, right? Um, it is bleak. It is the bleakest at the moment. That's far. I'm not sure what we're gonna yeah. get with the with the other two. Um, but yeah, I think that the bleakness works though, and you know, with the, within the bleakness, there is there is heart, right? There is, you know raw emotion to this story and you will feel you will feel connected to to these characters right not just john's character but also well the the guy yeah. who plays his dad and all that kind of stuff you you really feel it for those guys but it's not in a preachy kind of wow you know me the world yeah, sucks man this is what we need to do it's not like right. that that's not what they're going for 
No, they play it. They play it. They play it much smarter in the sense of it's it's more insidious than you know the situation uh, that the other one had to deal with. That's much more insidious as it is. Um, it's not as obvious and in blatant like like say mangrove. It's like no, this is yeah. what this is what going on now. Right? It's yeah. it's yeah. Okay, what is happening when he inside? And it, because it's such a different time period from mangrove, um, it's like it's almost like about fifteen years after also. Um, yeah, roughly, you know, the, the, about. it goes, it, it, the, the, the bad behavior goes underground as, as it were, right? If you understand that. Um, yeah, yeah. I like how they play. open, but, you know, it's, it's right. there. It still exists, right? Yeah. It plays, yeah. And it, it plays and attracts well, um, plot-wise. Um, so, yeah, I dug this. It, it's pretty good. Um, I, I don't, I, I don't, nothing else to say. Just give me a reason at this point. Yeah, well, well, Rita wise, I'm feeling a strong four for this one. Um, right. Strong four to five, sorry, for this one. I, you know, I mean, if you've been enjoying the series as far, yeah, you will enjoy this one. Just just know that you're not going to get the traditional happy ending. Well, I mean, these films haven't really given us traditional happy endings anyway, but, you know, yeah. especially with this one, with the subject matter, it is dark, it is bleak, but it makes sense for it to be like that. It will it will leave you emotion. You will feel more anger than anything else. But it works so because right. yeah, it is, you know, it, it was and still is a serious issue that yeah, we all have to face right in some way or shape or form. So yeah, last words of rating on red, white and blue. Yeah, yeah. Um this one this one I, I liked a lot. That it's it's a slow burn. You have to appreciate it in its own quit what it's trying to do on its own. Um, but I, I dug it for what it was. So I, I had very, very prob- very few problems with it. Um, as it is, I, I just wanted it to be a, wanted it to be a little longer. But I, I get why it, it ends where it ends. Um, it's just more like the arc between him and his dad, more than you know some ultimate life goal and he beating back the system. That stuff. It's just oh, he it's tough and it sticks to the the, the central theme of small acts. You know if you know what that is that that, that Bob Marley reference. Um, that's it. You know. Right. 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 All right, so yeah. now I'm going to talk about Sound of Metal, right? This was a film that caught my eye when I saw the trailer for this for, um, um, a few months ago, sorry. And, well, the person who, you know, well, you know, once I saw this guy, I was like, okay, I need to see this, was Riz Ahmed, right? Which was a guy that yeah, we have yeah, pretty much yeah, been, yeah, yeah. enjoyed his work ever since um, the night off, yes. you know, be that miniseries right. from HBO. Right. Uh, yeah. Venom, Venom, we can let slide, I mean, you know. <laughs> We, we can let that yeah, slide, right? I mean, everybody, yeah, that everybody has, you know, like, you know, it's, you know, it's not a win, it's, it's an L, but, you know, whatever, right? But, yeah. Um, and he, got, also, he got check, he got check. Yeah, he, 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 he got himself a check, right? Can't complain about that. Yeah. But, yeah, but yeah. it's the premise of this that really drew me in, right? So, what it's about, right? It centers on the character of Ruben, right? Played by Riz. And he is a drummer. He is one half of a metal duo called black gammon right so his um girlfriend is lead singer right well sorry she's the only singer there right she sings and she plays um guitar right and i love how like in the opening it just kind of sets up the world that he's in when he goes to a show right so she's doing her vocals of course it's metal so you know she's just screaming into the mic and he's just like drumming his heart out right but eventually true um eventually like well i should say within the first act um his hearing starts to go, uh, he starts to lose his hearing, right? Okay. It's even wow. to the point that in a performance, he like legit can't, can't hear anything, right? So, of course, he goes to a physician to find out what's going on. He's um, telling them that, you know, they well, you can have a, a treatment, you can get a hearing aid, but it costs X amount of dollars, right? So, kind of 
not well thought or planned. But I mean, understand that the guy that this is where he gets his bread and butter, right? Just doing these gigs, right? He lives in an RV with his girlfriend. It's like you know, we they they actually booked for a tour. So it's like yo, this is this is this is what we had to do, right? So in his case, is like he could hopefully stick stick it out, and right. once they have enough cash, then he could go and do this thing. But one night in a show, is like no, I can't even hear the drums. I can't even hear her sing. I can't even hear the audience. So. It's oh. like, all right, I have to do something about this, right? So, um, through some circumstances, he winds up at this uh, that's school, but more like a camp, if you will, for deaf people, right? Um, okay. It's also, well, it also has um, sort of a EE kind of group, basically. Well, more because right. some of the some of the adults have have dealt with like alcohol or drug abuse, right? The guy who runs the place, he was a former alcoholic as well, and well, Ruben, he has been sober off heroin for like four years. Um, well, just right at the moment where he met his girlfriend, who I forgot um, her name is Lou. She's played by Olivia Cook, right? Who you remember from you know stuff like uh, Ready Player One, right? But yeah, so okay. yeah, it was it was it right? Yeah, so, yeah, while he's there, um, and yeah, he is completely deaf at this moment, right? He has to learn sign language, right? And, you know, eventually he he develops this bond with, you know, it's not just adults, but also kids are there as well, too. So, you know, he he starts to understand what's going on with him. At the same time, um, his girlfriend had to leave because, well, apparently she had to go back to see her dad. She just can't deal with what's going on right now. So she just had to spend some time with her dad who lives in France, by the way, right? And yeah, essentially what this is is just a, a character study. It's just really about this guy just really trying to understand his ailment and just how to deal with it, and that's it. Um, and I make it sound simple, but it goes way deeper than that, though. And I'll just say right off the off the bat, this was a damn near flawless movie, in my opinion. I nice. loved loved this movie. Um, this 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 what this what is zero in quickly on uh, the sound design. Yeah, if there's well, one. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be for sure, give right, the, right, right. Yeah, for sure. Give me like, the subject yeah, matter. Yeah, give me the subject matter. You kind of need to have impeccable sound design. This one has it. It puts you d- deep in this guy's head space, right? For the moment, you know, mean that he his his hearing goes off. You know, what I mean how yeah. everything sounds distorted, right? Um, even hearing like um ringing in his ears and all that kind of stuff. You hear all that kind of you you hear all that and. Lucky for me, I was able to watch this with headphones on. Like, let's say right. that this is the only way that you could watch the show, but with headphones on, though, with the studio headphones on, I was like, yeah, I'm picking yeah. up on, on all these sounds and it works, though. And what I love is that, um, like, you would think, oh, drummer, band, music, car hair, ting ting ting, stress. You think it's like, it's sort of like whiplash in a sense, but no, it's yeah. not really that, yeah. right? It, it may feel a little whiplashy at first, like how it just kind of throws it into this music, but no. It's just a setup for what this guy is going through. And what I love though is like when he goes into like even early on when he's heading across to that to the to the um to the camp, right? You hear like these nature sounds, right? And it just yeah. just the comparison between that and just like the, the 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 harshness of like you know the music and the city stuff and all that. Yeah, it, it just works too. Um yeah, so even in those quiet moments where you just get some rich sound design, right? So yeah, this this has to get an Oscar nom for this trip, uh, for sound design, for sound editing and mixing, I should say. Yeah. Uh, I would be so happy if it wins either one or even both even, right? I would be so happy. Speaking of Oscars, um, Riz Ahmed, 
to see right off the bat he could get an Oscar nom for this trip for best actor. I thought right. that his performance right. wow. was excellent in this trip. And yes, he is doing the whole I'm in America, so after true this American accent. But yeah, it, it, yeah, works. Yeah, it works, you know. So he has this sort of slight sort of stoner hippie vibe going on. But it works, it works, it works, right? Um, but you really do feel his struggle and I like that, you know, it's not Peter as just this victim, you know what I mean? Like, oh, woe is me, I can't hear. But it's a guy in a situation where, you know, we, like he's required to hear what he's doing, right? That though yeah. he can't do it. And I mean, it may sound like really simple, but I mean, it's serious. I mean, nobody wants to lose their hair at all. Yeah, it, and because how, how, how the show perfectly puts us in that headspace of his, yeah, you, you, you feel scared, you know what I mean? Like, you yeah, feel, yeah. you feel, um, you feel worried for the guy, Jed, and I really yeah. don't what they did that, I can right? Imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you feel how burny he is by all this and how angry he is by all this too, right? And you think, oh, it's just easy for him to just escape through drugs and all that, but he's done with that. So I love that he is willing to to make moves. He's gonna take that step. He's gonna do what he has to do to 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 get over what what he's you know, what he's dealing with. And yes, right. he does what you would expect him to do, but and you think, oh, well, you know, the show could just end right there. But there's a, I don't want to spoil the end, but there's a really, really powerful moment. And I thought this was just such a simple, but just perfect way to end it. Where, yeah, you know, we, even things are back to quote-unquote normal is what he learned at that camp. And what I would just say in terms of, with, without spoiling anything, he kind of understands stillness. He understands what right. it means to just kind of shut off the noise for a bit and just really think and just reflect on life and where he is going and i thought that was just such a powerful team and how they just ended like that i was just like yeah this this works right yeah. um olivia cook i thought that she was great as lou she's reasonable but at the same time um like she's all she is there for for her manner but at the same time yeah you know she she can't deal with everything so i don't blame her for 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 stepping away for a while right you know while he deals with his drama right but yeah um i thought that performance why she was great right there's not anybody else big there like i was i couldn't really notice the guy who plays um the owner of the play uh, of the camp right his name is joe i couldn't pinpoint the face or anything like that so Technically, Riz and Olivia are the two big, you know, leads that you'll see in this, right? Where everybody else is just, you know, side characters. Um, and also, I really dug how they, they, they touch on the deaf community, as they call it in this show, right? Yeah. Um, and really what I love, though, is that they don't paint these these individuals as, oh, you can't hear. I'm so sorry for you. You know what I mean? You know, like treating them less than, than they actually would the, the normal people, you know, as, as we yeah. should do, as we should be reminded of. Right. And, you know, just the moments with him, just, you know, um, connecting with them, you know what I mean? It's, it's nice, you know I mean? It's just really, really, just beautiful, actually, to see, right? Um, there's not a lot of music used in this, though, but when it's there, it works into so just set in the tone of the film, but really, as far as just audio stuff goes, it's just really the sound design that works, though. Especially, like, yeah. when it comes to just putting it in... Um, Riz, Riz's character's mind, you know what I mean? Like, it just works. And yeah, just strongly recommend just hearing this thing with headphones. Um, I should like listen to it with just like a, like a stereo on just to pick up on it. But yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I really do want to see this again just to hear those little moments, you know what I mean? So I would say that if you're like, like in my case, like I, I want to learn sound design um, in film, right? I would, that, that's right. what I was passionate about, right? Yeah, I would say this is this like, this similar to, um, 
to Whiplash right. is really a show to, to like well I was to say Whiplash is more editing than anything else but exactly. like if you want to learn sound design you know how to how to really properly mix and edit you know um, sound for film yeah I strongly recommend checking this out and just as a character piece this works um, don't go in expecting this thing to be some sort of oh well it's a rock star who you know who uh, who's self destructive and all that kind of stuff it may give you that impression from the beginning but that's not what they're going for it's a simple very human story that anyone can relate to Jen and you know what I mean even though Riz, Riz's character is who he is. You can relate to this guy. You could feel for this guy. You feel sorry for him in moments, and you just, you know, you like like you want to get out of this. Right? You know, when he does, you do feel happy for him, right? But just don't want to spoil anything beyond that. So yeah, I really, really dug this film. Um, I was hearing a lot of great things about this one. I um, yeah, I, I, I am another. I would, I, I would say that I am someone else who could definitely say, yeah, this is one of the year's best films. And uh, yes, I know the movie came out last year on the film festival road but it was finally released on um, amazon prime so finally got the chance to check it out and yeah this is going to be up there as one of my favorite shows of 2020 hands down so nice. rating wise lighter these are four and a half out of five man i'm going high with this one man yeah um, okay. riz i want to see you get nominated for this um whoever's behind the sound design well for this they need to get like noms for this as well too because yeah they really outdid themselves here so yeah, Ricardo can't recommend this uh, more enough, man. This is gonna be up there in my top ten for sure. Definitely nice, check out Sonometo. Okay. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll, I'll give it a chance. Yeah, right, right, right. I would love to hear your your thoughts on that show when you when you do see it. And speaking of best of, question mark, question mark, question mark. Let's talk about Mank, boy. Mank. Mank. Yeah. <laughs> so, up, uh, well, yeah, what's up, Mank? Yeah, so Ricardo, I want you to do the, the stops for this, right? But um, just right. to just to do a little intro, right? So, first sell for this was David Fincher. Just see that this was right. his latest project, right? Last thing he did literally was Gone Gill. That was like what 2014, right? Now we're in 2020, yeah. right? Of course, you know, he did um, work for um, directing work and you know, executive producing stuff for. Things like Mindhunter, um, also, oh gosh, House of Cards, which, like right. I said, the seven review, I was, I was really liking, and then, you know, you know yeah. Mr. Mandu eating, right? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so that was his cell. Well, 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 first thing that sold me was David Fincher. Secondly, was the trailer that he dropped for this, though. This really retro 30s slash 40s looking right. black and white trailer. The sound sounded exactly like how a trailer would, would sound like back then. Yeah, Visuals, yeah. thing. It just looked very old school, very yeah, archaic. It's one, one of these films. Hollywood, yeah, Hollywood, Hollywood loving themselves type movies. But it, what they decide to do is, it does something that catches me off guard with it. Um, and it didn't hit me until, you know, seeing reviews or whatever it is, what was really going on. Because I don't know the details of this. Like, I, I'm largely ignorant of the details of these stories. So to hear... You had to be a real film buff to appreciate this one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we can't sell ourselves out, but yeah, that that is yeah. true, right? Um, and yeah, well, also the 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 last sell for this for me was the connection to Citizen Kane, right? Um, which right. is still widely regarded as the best film ever made. Like I remember, like um, maybe you had the same experience too, like when we first went to the UE, right? And you know, um, well, that's where I saw Citizen Kane for the first time, and 
okay. over the years I, I grew to really appreciate and love it it's one of my all-time favorite shows but i remember at a point in time i think it was either like roger ebert or someone seen that this was like the best movie ever made or something like that okay. over the years like no not really but i mean it's right. a great movie don't get me wrong i mean it changed right. the game man of course, one of the best debut films ever made because I mean, this was Orson Welles's debut feature, right? I mean, yeah. yeah, but still, I mean, it's a movie that you like, you know, film buffs will always go back to and be like, yeah, yeah I mean, this show is great for X amount of reasons and all that kind of stuff, right? But yeah, um, so I was curious to see what you know, um, well, how David Fincher is going to touch that, but in this case here, he focuses, he focuses, sorry, on the guy who wrote the, the script for that, that would be right. Cuban G. Mankowitz, right? Who is yeah. played by Gary Oldman. So, yeah, take it away. What is Mank about? Yeah, Mank um, is, yeah. <laughs> right, is effectively uh, the, the behind-the-scenes narrative of, well, Citizen Kane, how it was made, what it was influenced by, and, you know, just the kind of the trials and tribulations of, um, well, Mankowitz. But here's the thing. It does this really weird turn that is false, it's it's complete bullshit. Let's be clear about that. About the relationship between um, white is that Citizen Kane was made in the first place involving something political and something very current, and that is where it catch you completely off guard. So it, this part, the, the first part of it, is no secret. Where um, Austin Wells's character is um, uh, Charles Foster Kane is based off of William Randolph Hearst. We know that everybody. Yeah, knows that, we we know right. Yeah. What. No one really knows as well the relationship that Austin Wells had with, with Mankowitz. And then this is the, well, this is the part that is more or less seems to be completely false, is why Mal- Mankowitz fell out of favor with William, William Randolph Hearst. And that is where stuff got weird. I, what? What? What's going on here? And I then, I thought that was an interesting turn, but I didn't feel it personally. Um, right, right, right. But the thing is, this this movie was still pretty good for me, um, for what it was. Uh, mostly because I just appreciated the fanish, fan base type aspect of the whole thing. Um, you know, it's it's really a, you know it's it's blatantly a love letter. It it caters to the aesthetic, all the shots and all the rare, all the production stuff. I appreciate all of that, right? And, then it gets into the, the actual backstory on why Mank is the way he is. Um, that's when it, it... I like it, but I can't say I love this. Because it, it, I, because I, this, do, I, this aesthetic does not appeal to me. I don't really care about recreating this old thing. Like, it had other movies that do a better job at that. Or I would have liked to see just a modern interpretation of that instead of just doing it in that style. Like, um, this movie, shit. Um, remember the Coens made a Hollywood movie the other day? What's the name of that movie? Oh, um, it was Heel Caesar, was it? Heel Caesar, right. Yeah, which, which you saw. I, I haven't seen that as yet. Okay, no problem. Right, but Heel Caesar was about like old Hollywood stuff. And, and I preferred stuff like that. Like just these stories that don't have to be real. It's not about whether or not it's real. It's just how it's told. I preferred... I liked Hail Caesar a lot more than this, say, for example. Weird comparison. It's not, not the, the best comparison, but, you, you know, you get what I'm saying. And it's just these old Hollywood stories, you know. And if you, like, I don't really, I really couldn't care about the drama between Mankowitz and William Randolph because it's, it's, well, I don't want to spoil why it is that he, they lose favor with each other because it's like, the Korean favor with this really wealthy, rich, rich guy 
and then they decide to burn you for this this reason and yeah you decide to challenge this powerful person that have all all these reasons as to why you challenge powerful people but that drama wasn't that interesting to me personally but then all the all the aesthetic and thing choices i like a lot even though i that stuff don't really impress me anymore it's one of these movies personally that if it came out 10 years ago i would really love it i'd be like oh it's so brilliant and you know kind of like how i felt about good night and good luck or something like that but then now it's like right. oh well it, yeah okay I, I i i get it um it's it's well made and i pulling pulling from fincher for that he's it's expertly directed all of this stuff you know it gets the check you know it, it ticks the boxes but I wasn't personally really feeling the actual narrative. Something like, say, or the movie I was trying to remember is something like Trombo. That I appreciated a little more, personally. But even that, I know a lot of people don't really care for that for what it was trying to do. Um, okay, I, I, I still haven't seen that show as well. Right, that is another history of Hollywood type movie, if you, you know, and, but that had a different reason and paradigm for why it was the way it was. It's good. Mank is pretty good. It, it Gary Oldman does his Gary Oldman-ness. You know, not since um not since the way he played um the oh, Prime Minister um, England. Um, Dr. Saw, where he played with Right. Right. Yeah. right. It's, it's 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 on that. It's it's just it's him doing his his best. Um everybody else was good. Adam Anderson Creed was pretty good. Um the guy who played Wells was terrible. Hated him. I don't know why Okay, I'll 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 talk about I'll talk about I that thought, guy. Uh, yeah, I like him, man. I didn't really yeah, I didn't get why they decided to go that direction with him. But the guy who got for for William Randolph Hearst, yeah, big big top top actor, right? Um, your boy from Green Hornets, right? Um, yeah, yeah, Charles Dance, the the great Charles, Charles Dance. Dance. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, all right, good, they, 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 interesting choice. It works. Um, it's it's good, but I feel is it kind of film that I grow out of. But I appreciate the history of the act, what they're talking about, and then the actual like history of this film itself because it was written by David Fincher's dad. So it's one of these movies that should have gotten made a long time ago. It's one of those. Yeah. yeah. Like, all right, I, I, I give it a, I give it a sparse and wherever it is. Um, I, well, you could, you could give it a play and then I'll give it a rating. You had a, I think that's a raw spoilers if you want to have a full discussion about this. But, and I, I'll, uh, no, no, I'll, I, I'm not going to spoil it. Yet. Right, but I'll, I, I I'll give, I'll, I, but I just have a feeling about it. But yeah, you can talk about it. Yeah, go ahead. All right, so the reason why I don't want to spoil anything because honestly, this is what that I want to rewatch though. Um, but right. not in a hurry though. So here's the thing with this, right? right. Like for me, um, I I do really acknowledge the fact that yes, well, the um, Jack Fincher that would be um, David's dad passed away, right? I, yeah. I believe it was the nineties, yeah. right? And David, he was working on the script from since like the nineties. I think even before David really broke out with um with uh, Seven, right? Back in ninety five. Right. So you know, I'm glad that you know at least in this period of David's career where he's not really doing much, he could just kind of give his his dad's um his 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 dad's script, you know, some time in the, in the, in his in his son. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I mean, I appreciate that, right? And you could tell it comes from you could tell it's a labor of love. You could tell it comes from a deep rooted passion for, you know, the golden age of, of Hollywood now, you know, of yeah. cinema and all these kind of things. Of course, because we, you know, film buffs put Susan Key in such a high regard, um, it's not surprising that he draws heavily from that film, right? Um, not so much thematically as I expected, but more visually, boy, because oh my god, this is a Yeah, it looks great. Yeah, it looks 
gorgeous actually like shockingly yeah. gorgeous i mean i know david finch's films always look greater but this one i feel like he just outdid himself by because there's so much like careful attention to making every scene look and feel like here yeah, you know like like this is something from the 30s or the 40s yes you could kind of squint and be like oh yeah this is digital blah 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 whatever whatever, right, whatever. Right, but right, right. still just the 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 detail to everything no works um what what really surprised me though well the score right which is done by my boys um trent resner atticus red um, course, At- yeah. atticus ross sorry um, you yeah. know they, they worked on numerous films before. Yeah, there's, there's always for, worked on stuff. Yeah, yeah, they did the score for um for the Watchmen limited series, by the way. But right, here, what right. they do, right? Like they do this sort of, they do, they do, a, they do a fair, they do a decent jazzy score, right? Um, of course, we expect with them it is dark at certain points, right? But what dog, like just not just the music, but the audio itself, like the vocals, everything. It have this retro, mono sound to everything, chat. Like it sounds legit, like you know, like it was recorded originally in mono, and it was just like re re um, converted digitally by um, you know for the sake of the shooter. But yeah. you could hear it; you could hear that hollowness, that slight hollowness in everything. You know, <laughs> with with when characters well, yeah, and like, what. I I not like, wow, that yeah. that detail. Yeah. I not taken anywhere from a tech on a technical standpoint. It's absolutely brilliant. I not taken anything away from the film on that standpoint. Um, but you know, it's the usage of it that we're going to talk about now. Right, go ahead. Yeah, yeah I, I agree, I agree. And you know, like, I'm watching all this stuff and I'm like, yes, I should love this. I should absolutely love this. And I was getting into the character of, of Herman, right? Played by, by Gary, right? Yeah. Getting into the world of, you know, you know the 30s Hollywood. And, you know, there's a great moment involving uh, Louis B. Mayer, played by Alice Howard. I thought that he was great in this. <laughs> One moment where you're talking about uh, NGM and what it means. And right. just those moments right. was working for me. But where the show falls for me, and I, I guess it will, it, it, because I've seen this for the first time, maybe if I watch more, I'll get is the story being told and it's right. how the story is told and what the story is right so how the story is told they do these flashbacks right and right. i don't want to say it's an over reliance of it but it's almost to the point that you just it's like what i thought it was just about him writing the script though but i get that they try yeah. to connect it to things in the past and like hollywood history what and that, how that, that all okay, led so to where that, he came from that, but i just felt there was a little too much of it it almost kind of distract so from in oh, reference this is to, what's really going on right no that that in itself is also in reference to citizen k like in itself like that's why i, I, I don't yeah it, but it was still right. okay yeah. but there was right. still somewhat of a linear narrative going on there but because right. they up for this non-linear thing it just kind of made it, it, it just kind of made things a little unfocused at times, it, right? No, it part, it part, it, it that is the problem. Is that because, as I said, the technical stuff is good, but is you, you carry the gimmick a little too far. Now. That is the problem. That is a simple problem. Right, right, right. Yeah, uh, yeah I so that is why I, did, I wasn't. That is why the, the film didn't really do it for me in that sense. I was like, well, I get where you're going for, you know, I, I understand this, but you carry a gimmick a little too far. <laughs> That's my problem. Right, right. Hate I, I understand. Yeah, and then, and then. Yeah, and then yeah. also to the, the, the story itself, right? Like, while I was getting to it, I was like, okay, now we're going to see the drama that went down into writing the script and what the script really meant for, not just for Orson, but for Herman, you know, we wanted to get right. credit at him kind of came back at, you know, you know William and all these all these little bits and things. Uh, but I, I had to see this 
I just say this, it didn't really grip me as much as I wanted. I think the reason being is because it just caters more for no offense for true diehard film buffs. Like, oh, you like, yeah. you're, like, all right, like, I call myself a film buff, right? But when it comes yeah. to like history behind the scenes, when it comes to like, oh, you know, all this studio stuff, like, I am like marginally familiar with things like that, right? But right. I, I more look at, oh, this is how the industry developed over the years. That, oh, this right. is what this guy who was the CEO of this company or whatever it is, and this is what he did. And right. this, I, I don't really study all these things, right? But for those who do, who really know the Hollywood history, they will know every single reference. They will know who uh, Bill Nye is played. Well, by the way, yes, Bill Nye was in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Squid, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Bill Nye? That's shit. It. That's yeah. the thing I wanted to pick up. I was like, wait, that's good. Like, yeah, like I had to rewind the shoes. Like, wait, wait. How come I didn't pick up on that earlier, right? Yeah, and then when they bring in the political stuff, I was like, okay, I, I, I get it. So, but again, here's the problem. This, this right. still kind of loses, but I still feel like the show is losing focus. This is about the script. This is about the politics right. that was going on behind the scenes that led to the right. creation of the script. But is it about the script? Is it about Hollywood? Or is it about Mag? Like, the show just kind well, of yeah. tries to do everything, but not. I would have, okay. So, this is this. This is the. So, this is the. This is where the, the film really loses. So, they decide to decide to do this thing that have no actual evidence behind it. It's one of these, you know, okay, narrative, okay. counter narrative stuff. That, that whole thing doesn't seem to have any evidence behind it. Like, if that was the case, oh. because Mang himself was. Like, was it the conservative? That was right. trying to say. Okay. Like, well, I, I was, if I was that was real, I was just kind of watch everything. Like, okay, well, this no. this happened, right? So, all right, no, no, should tell Should tell about happened. So. Right. Exactly, and that's that's my main thing with it. Again, I don't hate if you decide to tell a story. I I don't I don't have to fight down with truth. Have many stories that I could pull off non truth non linear stuff and and be fine. There are plenty of stories that embellish. Still hard. This it's a, it applies it plays the embellishment as if it's real. You know, you know what it kind of remind me of? Um, you know, oh gosh. Um, remember Roland Emmerich made a made a, a conspiracy theory movie about William Shakespeare? Remember that? Anonymous or something right, like right, that? Right, right, right. Anonymous. Yeah, yeah. That's what this felt like. It's like, what the hell is this? Why would you like tell the story like that now? This kind of weird conspiracy theory laden narrative that have no basis in fact. And what? Why do this though? Like that, 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 that's kind of stuff to just lose me. I don't get what was the point of that. You know, right. if look, if well, people well, don't die, I heal Not that I know that, sorry, not that I know. Right. Well, now I had to do my research and see where the shoe was embellished or what, you know. I don't mind, and I don't mind embellishment. Top, top plenty movies are doing embellishment and, and get, get away with it. I think Amadeus was like that, right? That didn't happen. That didn't happen. Yeah, but yeah. It was good. Uh, yeah, Amadeus is great, actually. So, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. This stuff, yeah, that stuff is kind of losing. That stuff is right. kind of losing. Yeah, yeah. So just just rounds it up, right? Um, and yes, I dug the performances. I thought that you know Gary Oldman was great here. Not like oh, this is yeah. going to be one of his best performances ever, right? To be that, right, as right, human, right, exactly. But yeah. Gary was doing his thing, right? I mean, he could do yeah. no wrong in my eyes. Um, I thought that Amanda Seyfried was great. I mean, she had the looks now as yeah. far as because, being, um, who, who she based on. Who she's supposed to be based on, and you know, in that whole paradigm of, you know, if you know, if you know Citizen Kane, who she's supposed to be, you know, what that analog is. Oh, it's like, oh, that real clever and funny in its own right, though. It's like, okay. Um, yeah. I love yeah. how she just plays into that whole 
I don't want to say ditzy, but that sort of sucky, dirty, sorry, you know, uh, transatlantic speaking, you know, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like she fits that right. perfectly, in my opinion. And I like the, yeah, that the fact that she was kind of, yeah, yeah I, I, I like that she wasn't just that. It was just like, well, I kind of just do this because, yeah, I, I just want to make a career, just make, being in film, but I don't know where my future going. So stuff like that yeah. I really appreciate, right? The little, little depth, right? Um, a dog, Lily Collins, who was the secretary for Herman. Uh, there's this little subplot going on with her husband being missing in war and all that kind of stuff. That was interesting. Right. And like uh, they also see Gary, uh, sorry, Herman's uh, wife, uh, you know, who kind of just puts up with his BS as well, too. Speaking of that, though, uh, they always touch on, oh, well, you know, he's an alcoholic and this and that and that. Right. There's only like one key moment. This, uh, well, I, I guess this is like the body shut moment where you just have to have this big grandiose moment where you, where you really see Gary, you know, commit to his performance. Although, to yeah. be honest, I felt like he could have gone a little bit deeper. Like, he was playing this drunk guy, just rambling on. He more or less rambles the, the, the plot to what would be Susan right. again, but I felt he could have gone a little harder, though. It's just like, Gary just yeah. tried to be a drunk guy, but whatever, right? But I got where he was going from. Right. Um, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, so, performances were at all fine, were, 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 were decent, sorry, were decent to great for what they were you say you didn't like Orson Welles. I, I <laughs> the thing, huh? like, I felt like like the guy was legit playing a a, a parody of Orson. Like Orson Welles right. talks like this, and you wouldn't yeah, work a exactly. single day in this town. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he does. has to talk like that. That's <laughs> kind of funny because you think it's like SNL oh, sketch well, for me. So I, I was no, I said that that was some SNL sketch bullshit for me. I was like so underwhelmed by that that performance. I don't know where the hell he was trying to it, go it, it for. It just felt well, a little a little happy. Like I understand, yeah, it's awesome. He has a voice. He has a look and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it just came up a little happy, especially how they have him argumentative towards and yeah. just you know frustrated and you know why isn't who, why why what kind of what kind of draft is this? What kind of script is this? And you know what yeah. I mean. So it's it's evoking a lot of. You know, Citizen Kane vibes, though. Look, technically, I was digging everything about this, right? Like, I, I watched this on my, my kind of biggish monitor at home, you know what I mean? I was, like, just digging in the... Just appreciating the shots, right? The, the cinematography, which is gorgeous. The visuals, all that. Uh, even the, the, the full rear screen projection stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was digging Everything all that kind of stuff, Yeah, there. great. Yeah. Um, the attention to sound and to visual detail, all that was great, right? Um, they even have like little Hollywood icons that show up here or there. Right. Probably all of them I even pick up on, but it's one of those shows like I, I, I just need to watch like some YouTube videos saying, oh, well, in this scene, this guy was there. Like, look how we, we missed on Bill Nye, right? You know what I mean? But I just felt like because it had right. to go into this political thing and talk about the, the, the you know, like it, it touches on certain things, but it doesn't really go in depth as, as much as it could have, right? right? Like, I just felt like we could have seen what was going on instead of just hearing, like, oh, well, this is why we shouldn't work with this guy and blah, 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 right, blah, blah. Right. Yeah, it just kind of hints at things that expects you to be so knowledgeable in, in all this stuff to be like, oh, that's what they're going for. That's what they see. That's what right. it means. I know what what's going on here, but for everybody else, you just be like, what the? But at the, yeah, at the I, end, I, it's I, kind I, of as, as a said, story. Sorry, at the end, they just want some, a story they, they can just kind of connect to. Like, even by myself, right. I just wanted a reason to care for Hubert. I kind of give a shit about what was going on. I just felt like, no, it's just all these historical things that happened or maybe or, or may have happened 
I I'm supposed to care because right. if it wasn't for this, we wouldn't, you know, cinema wouldn't be where it is today. Right. It's at the not, end, of the yeah, day, have yeah. to tell a story that we could connect with emotionally. This film was all about facts and historical details, as opposed to, you know, this is why but, I should care about this character. That's, that's what I felt. But this thing, it was it was BS. So that's what that kind of ruined it for me. I, I don't know what where you're trying to go forward at. However, um, somebody yeah. could probably correct me and tell me no, it's actually correct on years. Duh, duh, duh. All right, fine. But I, as far as I understand, that central conceit, the big reveal, was completely wrong. When I first watched the film, I did not know that. I thought it was right. I was like, okay. And then when I was like, I'll yeah, find I find out after I thought, it, not everything was right too. You know what I mean? So. No. But I think it's not, a, it's not like a, even an interesting like, conceit now. It's not even that interesting of a conceit. That's my problem. So, whatever. Anyway, the more we talk about it, we got to spoil what it is. And it's like, all right. I get it. Whatever. And I get it. I get it in terms of like the modern political context because it's like, that's the idea that. Like, right. oh, well, it, this thing happened. That bullshit, right? Whatever. Yeah. So, in yeah. closing, um, no, this is not this is not the best David Fincher movie out there, right? It is one of his right. most well-made. You can tell that he put a lot of heart into it. As you see, this is truly a love letter to, you know, the you know the golden age of cinema. Um, and you can tell that, you know, he just kind of did this for his pops. Like, you know what? This, I, I just assume it, right? Like, this is the stuff that his yeah. dad introduced him to. And yeah, this is what kind of got him the ball is just stay in, in, in cinema, even though he went through drama with Alien Tree, right? He went through drama, but still, you know what I mean? He 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 still has a really really impressive uh you know uh filmography right and uh, yeah this this one yeah, yeah is is testament to that but I just felt this wish to that emotion wise character wise I could just kind of relate to things I could kind of understand what's going on you know what I mean like he could throw in all the you know all the all the deep historical and political stuff but at the end of the day after care about the character I just felt like oh they're just yeah. guys that we just see characters that we just see and it's like oh well. They did the thing and that's it, but it, how, how does that really impact me, right? But at the same time, though, and this is where I really find myself conflicted, this is a show that I really don't want to forget as far as what 2020 offered us. Because, yeah, this is probably one of the most impressive movies I've seen all year. And this right. for sure is going to get Oscar dubs. If this does not get an Oscar dub, oh, no, yeah, yeah, like this, 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 this is a huge disappointment, that's... right? Yeah, no, that's that's another thing because it was it it seemed tailor made for Oscar shit because oh, well, it's Hollywood about Hollywood, okay? Is that yeah, shit, right? But, yeah, uh, it, exactly. But but it's not like you know, uh, it doesn't feel tropey like how you know Trial of the Chicago Seven, which was a good show, but still felt like they right. they, they kind of designed it such a way to to earn Oscar noms, right? But here, yeah, exactly. it felt like they just put a lot of effort, like really blood, sweat, and tears to just recreate this world, right, for us. And I mean. Whether it gets nominated or not, Dread, yeah, we could all look back at the show and be like, wow, look at look at this, right? But yeah, yeah. real talk, if this will get an Oscar dub, seriously, something wrong, right? If 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 just for cinematography alone, Dread, but there's something, right? But I don't see this winning Best Picture at all. If that wins Best Picture, huge, huge, huge upset, right? But yeah, this yeah. is a show that I don't want to forget for 20, 2020, so... Right now, I kind of wrestle as to whether this should be in my best of or just an honorable mention. But at the moment, I feel in a very, very, very light four. Now, sorry, very light four out of five for this one, man. This is still yeah, worth checking um, out, despite the narrative issues that I I call out and just character development, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, 
this is what I really do want to watch over again. And yeah, I really had to do more research into it afterwards now. Thank you, film. So yeah, now I have to yeah. read up about the real Herman and the real William and real everybody. I can't just watch a show and just learn everything about shit, right? But yeah, this is this is truly uh very ambitious and audacious film from David Fincher. I'm glad that he's back. I don't know where we're going to get anything else from him, but yeah, man, I mean, dude, sky is still the limit for this man. Right. So, as, yeah. As, I, as, yeah, as I said before, if this film came out 10, 15 years ago, I would have really loved it. I would have been, this would have been a classic, true classic, but that, because of how, I don't want to, for lack of a better term, how cynical I've become about the world and how looking at stuff like these kind of history things not that interesting or anywhere near as interesting as people make it out to be and on top of that it's it 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 kind of has a well as far as i understand a, a somewhat largely false narrative involved with the central conceit of the story i couldn't really get into this as much as as i could have right the non-linear storytelling we get why they did it is because it's another nudge another nod to citizen kane itself you know so we could you know make that debate i dug it for what it was but ultimately it just only because of the technical aspects it, it's it's very impressive so as it is right now seven out of ten right i'll probably appreciate it a little more if i in the mood but this kind of film buffy catering to super film buff stuff just not not that impressive to me anymore um whatever so that's me yeah i understand, understand. Yeah. and yeah um as, as a whole well i i really don't know if people are gonna gravitate to this too like i think the, the cell will be david finch's name alone by but yeah. i have a feeling that casual viewers will watch this get bored halfway and just watch i don't know you know some other show yes by which is unfortunate right uh, i really felt like it just could have kept audiences sorry kept viewers roped into this give us a character where we could at least give a shit about instead of just yeah. random scenes that's supposed to be strong together oh this is okay right but yeah, I mean, we we will be hearing about this for sure when you know Oscar season rolls around. Um, right. And if 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 you're still curious, I mean, if you if you like films like this, you know, give it a look. If you're a David Fincher fan, give it a look. If you love Citizen Kane, yeah, watch it. But for everybody else, I would say go in cautiously, right? Don't don't go in go go in knowing that it's gonna be about you know the the, the oldies, right? The good oldies or what that, and you will have to do yeah. some research either prior or afterwards, right? If that's too much, then just wait till Oscar season. Then when you hear about how big a scene it is, then you can give it a look and be like, oh, okay, whatever. Right. All right, so with all that being said, Ricardo, where can we find you online? I'm Passat Armady Y, that is at Armady on Twitter. And you can type in Ricardo Medina on Facebook, you'll find me there. All right, you can find me on Twitter as well, just for Bear Beat Bailey. On Instagram, you can find me at Bears, Beats, and Bailey. On Facebook, just look for my name, Bachi Bailey, along with Illegally Black Blog, official fan base. We find a link to this podcast, as well as the ones that we've done over the past five seasons, including retrospect reviews. And uh, stuff to look forward to before we part ways. Um, like I say, clock is winding down in terms of right. just us compiling our best of lists. So, you know, we have marini's black bottom to look forward to we have right. the last two entries in small acts we have wonder woman 1984 we have pixar soul right. uh, we have yeah. mandalorian season two of course we have the godfather coda you know right. the death of michael Corleone, which may be a retrospect review yeah it may be a retrospect review or not i have to become a writer on that but yeah um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious i'm curious i, I know you were burnt by Apocalypse, uh, Apocalypse. Redux. Oh, yeah. that, but <laughs> that bullshit. Yeah, but 
I, I really want to see what what Coppola did with this one. Like, I hear good things, but I hear great I'll, things. I'll, 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 I'll watch it. No, I'll watch it. I want to see. I mean, I want to see what he could do with it too. Fine, but like, Redux, Apocalypse, no Redux was so much rubbish. I was like, wow, like you just leave your films alone, though. <laughs> <laughs> you, I know, right? You know, there's, there's, no, there's no name George Lucas. At least George Lucas could you could kind of appreciate somebody changes in his case. That was some nonsense. Sorry. Yeah, well, George Lucas is technical. Really, is added scenes exactly. and changes stuff up. But yeah, uh, all I hear with this one basically is just some scenes are removed and other new scenes are being placed in. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. And yeah, of course, at the end of the year, you can look out for our best of list, best of 2020 when it comes to movies, TV shows, uh, albums in my case, you know, worst movies, of course, we're going to do that. And yeah, you know, it's just a matter of what great stuff comes out or what we see between now and that time. And yeah, that's pretty much about it. So once again, guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whatever this is. This was Match Really and Ricardo Medina. And we are signing off on an episode of BSB to Billy. So, to the next one, take care, stay safe, and out. Peace.